Wyndham Hotels and Resorts makes travel possible for all. Whether it's the long haulers looking for a great cup of coffee, a roomier rest for the on-a-wim road trippers, or a place to make summer memories with the whole family. No matter who you are, where you're going, or why, with 24 trusted brands to choose from like La Quinta, Days Inn, and Super 8, your Wyndham is waiting. Get the lowest price at WyndhamHotels.com. Restrictions apply. Visit website for more details. Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble. With exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the 90 Day Fiance Wrap-Up Podcast, where every week we come together, we hop aboard the Hot Mess Express, and we talk about all of the nonsense that these couples bring. And trust me, uh, this season, they're bringing a lot of nonsense. This is the coverage, of course, of Episode 6 of Season 9 of 90 Day Fiance OG. I am your host and conductor of the Hot Mess Express, Puizan Bikili, ready to go once again. And this week, I've got an amazing guest with me. She is the co-host of many podcasts. Those include the Wrestling Rehap Up, the Crime Scene Rehap Up, and also the Atlanta coverage over on Post Show Recaps. It's the one and only Mari Fourth. Mari, how are you doing? I'm doing good. I'm so glad to be back on the Hot Mess Express. I had to stow away in the luggage compartment, but I, I got out and I'm here and I'm so excited to talk about these people with you, Puya. Hey, I'm happy to have you, Mari. We've been trying to make this happen from the beginning of the season. I'm happy you come through here on episode six. And we have a lot to go through here. A lot of ridiculousness is happening on the show right now. Uh, grade A ridiculousness. I mean, just the foolishness of foolishness, top of the line. Yeah. Craziness. It's, it's A grade. <laughs> it's A grade with the nonsense. Um, okay. So then let's just dive right in here and jump into. Probably the most audacious person oh, to God. me so far uh, in Bilal and poor, poor Shaida that has to deal with his uh, BS. Okay, so Bilal and Shaida's episode starts. We, we're told it's 84 days to the wedding. So there, she's been here six days and the entire episode is centered around. This is the first Friday she's here and they're going to Juma prayer. Juma, of course, is Arabic for Friday. So the Friday prayer um, is the, it's like the, it's like the most, not the most important prayer, but it's the one it's on the weekend. Everyone gathers. A lot of people go to mosques for it. So we can tell based on what we're hearing here that it's very important to Bilal. He, this is where he connects with his community on a weekly basis. His whole extended family comes through, including his ex-wife. So he's going to be taking Shaida to her first Jumma prayer here. And this was the, 
I guess this is where they peak. This was the best part of them for this episode, Mari. What them at, at the Juma or what do you know before going oh. <laughs> before getting in that car? Yeah. Oh, the best part of them actually like being yeah. cool. Yes. <laughs> Yes, because I was I was a little bit confused because I was like nobody peaked here. This was bad, bad for the, the calm before the storm. The calm before, yeah, because I'm I'm like really upset about like how all of this played out because this should have been an amazing experience. This should have been you're introducing your new fiance to your 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 community. Like I, me and if me if you're listening to the Atlanta podcast, me and Chappelle constantly talk about um, have, being like African Americans. Like the, a sense of community is one of the things that just sometimes don't tie in with us. Like how it can be for cult, other cultural like people. Mm-hmm. And like being able to say that you have this community that you go to, you've been with years. He grew up in Bilal said he grew up going to the um. What? How did he pronounce it? Where did where did they go? Uh, it Juma prayer. Okay, oh, a but it wasn't a, so a masjid. Is a mosque? Yeah. Okay, is it like a just a smaller mosque or no? It's just it's the it's the Arabic word for mosque. Oh, oh, okay. And so, yeah, so he grew up, he said he'd been going there since he was like he was young. So this should have been a joyous occasion and they really messed it up like from jump like why are you fighting before oh I was so mad I was just so mad because I can only imagine being in mostly uh Shaida's uh uh um shoes when you're like she's nervous she wants to make a good impression you know and he is not he wasn't helping he wasn't helping and then the situation escalated and it just got it got to a point where it was just, it was too far gone. Yeah, it, this was a lot. So they get in the car and they're on the way there and Shaida voices her, you know, thoughts and feelings to her fiance and says, hey, I'm kind of nervous about all this. I'm kind of nervous about where all, like, you know, going to meet your community and your extended family. I know that this is a very important thing. And Bilal essentially says, there is no need to worry. And, right. you know, she's obviously like, uh, I get that you'd say that, but also I am, you know, I am allowed to feel how I feel, which hell yeah, you are. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. But then Bilal decides to break the the nerves with a, another prank TM. And in this instance, mm-hmm. the prank being, hey, yeah, you're good, but like you got a bit of, you got a booger in your nose that you got to like take care of. It's like brown and green and it's not good. And she obviously knows she doesn't have a booger. And mm-hmm. she says, listen, you need to stop it with these pranks. I'm getting sick of them. And gives him a play tap on the head. Now, this was lighter for reference for some Big Brother fans out there. This was lighter than when Julie Chen clipboarded <laughs> Marcellus at the back of the head. This was way lighter. This was 100% a play tap. But Bilal really took this moment and ran with it. Yeah, it was so, it was so bad because of the booger joke. I was like, okay, haha, yeah, they're finally getting back lighter because even she was like, oh, he needs to like kind of loosen up. Mm-hmm. And I I thought the booger joke was funny. I thought she thought it was funny, and then she was like, okay, no, I don't like it. But she was still playing. And then yes, yeah, she got physical, and it just it it really like. Bilal, it triggered something in him. He was like, I don't like that. Don't ever put your hands on me. He was, he was, you could tell he shifted like really quickly. And she was, she was still like, I could definitely tell she was still playing, especially when she started like touching his face and stuff. But also you're, you're on the road. So that's really not <laughs> safe to do. Yeah. Yeah. It was like, but, okay, 
I, yeah. I, I see it as a play, but maybe like don't yes. distract the driver after the fact. Exactly. And like the, the way she was doing it was like, it was like very like, if you've been into a, like a funny, flirty, physical relationship, like that made sense, but he was not having it. And I thought the initial reaction was um like a little much, but then like she did keep doing it. She's like, oh, so you're 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 gonna get mad if I if I do this? She did. She hit him in the back of the head three times after he had been like kind of clearly mad, like that. And so he then pulls over and all that. I did think that she took it a little bit too far. I think he overreacted, but I didn't think that she didn't realize she needed to let up. I think it's one of those things where if your partner tells you, I don't like that, like, I don't like when you do that, then take it into consideration because they're not saying that to just say it. Um, Mm -hmm. So I'm with you there. But Mm -hmm. then I feel like, again, for me, it felt like Bilal saw this as an opportunity to be like, ooh, now the ball is in. Like, we're fully tied up in that the last time someone was upset about something, it was the prank that he threw with the whole house thing. So mm-hmm. to me, it, it really felt like he pulled out a thread and like kind of milked it. So he obviously mm-hmm. he pulls to the side of the road. He even uses he uses phrases like, you know, watch your tone and like what yeah. tone she's giving you no tone. I don't see where mm-hmm. that's coming from. Um, And then he says, are you a violent person? I'm yeah. actually thinking you're a violent person now. He called her aggressive. Like, yeah, mm-hmm. I was like, okay, first of all, a billion red flags. Second of all, that's ridiculous. Third of all, mm-hmm. stop this. Like you now you're taking it way too far. Exactly. Like he 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 then he overreacted <laughs> at first. She didn't realize like the the severity of the situation and then he completely just jumped out the window with his with his overreaction while they're on the way to this big big moment like it was very it was very much like oh you can dish the pranks but you can't take them yeah type of thing like oh mr jokey joke mr um try and test somebody's loyalty but ha 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 it's just all for fun and games can't get over like a little bit of a physical slap you know it is and i don't think you know i was raised don't put your hands on anybody or especially men because not all men are raised right you know not everybody is raised right so if you you put your hands on somebody expect anybody to like you know hit you back so i i I am very (laughs) not with the physicalness but um i think you have to just realize that why didn't he realize like these two people have only been physically with each other for seven days like you've only been physically with each other for seven days you've known each other for two years so like you have that that connection like that emotional connection but you have to get that um that in-person style you have to see what people's in-person styles are like and it should have just been like he shouldn't have pulled over like the side of the road really truly like y'all are grown people you're not about to kick this woman out of the car she's not you she's not a child you know what i'm saying like that was a little bit much but they could have they could have squashed that situation right then and right there and it could have it could have been like you you squash it right then and right there it doesn't build up that resentment you know what i'm saying like Bilal just got too like overheated that he couldn't just stop and be like hey i don't like that please do not do that because i think when he when he when he told her to her later when he explained it to her later it made more sense the way he he laid it out he should have did it done it like that right then and there because i truly think that she did not realize how angry he was like i i truly think she she didn't i think she should have stopped but she just didn't read the cues like they they just don't have the same 
in-person cues. So if he was a bit more clear about it in a more level-headed way, instead of trying to kick her out of the car and just huff and puff around all day, they could have, they could have resolved that before they even went and picked up kids. You know what I'm saying? But he didn't. They, they get, start giving, he gave her the cold shoulder, didn't tell her what to do. Once the kids are in the car, you got to be fake, which is weird, but I'm pretty sure the kids could, you know, oh, sorry, I'm, I'm, I'm getting ahead of it, but oh, no like, problem. I'm just, I'm just saying like it, that, that should have been squashed. That, that he should have made an effort to squash that before they went to that event because he, he knew how big of it, it was. She knew how big of it was. They both should have just adulted up and try to squash that as soon as possible because it, it, it all it would have taken was that 10 minute conversation that they had at the end of their, their clips. You know what I'm saying? Like that's all it was. It was clearly a, just a miscommunication and how they both handle like physical uh, jokes and attraction, like which should have been for both of them should have been like, Oh, okay. All right. Oh, okay. It's just a misunderstanding. It's okay. I'm going to tell you my feelings. You tell me your feelings. We'll make sure it doesn't happen again. Like that's literally what it should have been, but it was, it, they blew it up into an argument. Bilal blew it up into something bigger than it, than it truly was. Does that make sense? Like that was not, if they both came in, into it with some grace, like mm-hmm. it, that would have been squashed. Very simple. Yeah, I literally felt like it was a miscommunication that could have been solved with a short conversation, like you mentioned, that they did at the end. But also, it felt like Bilal was wanted her to grovel. Like, Bilal wanted her to be like, oh, my God, I'm so sorry. I did so poorly. And this is something that came up in this episode where Shaida mentioned that she feels like she gets lectured by him quite a bit. And it felt like, and it feels like this might be his communication technique, tactic, or just the way he speaks, but it does come off very much like I need to lecture you about what you did wrong here today. But if, if this is something we've seen with Bilal when he didn't get the reaction he wanted from the prank, he goes into a conversation expecting it to go a certain way. And if it doesn't go that way, he's mm-hmm. upset about it. And that's yeah. how I felt this went. He wanted her to have complete remorse, but that's going to be difficult to ask for when she doesn't understand what the Why big deal is. Yeah, you need to exactly. tell her what the big deal is and mm-hmm. how you feel about it instead of trying to, you know, agitate the situation by using words like aggressive and maybe you are a violent person. Like that's mm-hmm. not going to help you or her at all going to jump my prayer. Exactly. Exactly. Like it's a flurry of like just misunderstandings that are, are not being handled correctly. And you always go with the onus on the person whose country the other person is in. You know what I'm saying? Like I'm always going to be 10 times harder on the person who's from the U S because, because you have, they came to you, they have nothing, you know what I'm saying? They have, so it's the biggest decision for for the people who are coming over. If they want to end this, that is a, a huge decision for them because um, mainly, more than likely, they sold everything. They they undid all their leases. They you know they completely cut ties from their old country. So if they're coming over to see you and you're not like hospitable, you're not trying to make their transition easy. I'm going to be pissed at you because this person, it's just like you were saying, um, a few, uh, I think a few podcasts back, like, like Shaida gave up everything 
from mm-hmm. her country to come and be here with Bilal. But but he still feels like he's like, we'll see. You know, I need the full 90 days. He says it at the end. I need the full 90 days to kind of decide. Like like you've said on this podcast so many times, this is not a, a oh, let's trial marriage. It's like <laughs> right. you've already completely given up everything you you've owned and put every every egg in the basket to come over here so this is not a trial run this is like you guys are supposed to be preparing for your lives together in a way as it's you know it's going to happen and that you're trying to make each other comfortable so i that's why i put a a lot of the onus on Bilal, and i'll put a lot of of the onus on a lot of the americans in these relationships because when you isolate her like that when you like like don't you know don't talk to her or whatever like she has nobody and it does feel like you're trying to punish her and you're trying to I I don't like that I just I truly don't like that it's like he's trying to train her for something and everything that we've seen from the both of them uh Shaida seems very taken aback by like him like she seems like this is not the person I met like mm-hmm. two years ago I met in person. So I'm truly wondering if with them, the cameras being there are, is bringing out a side of Bilal that is just not what she had anticipated. I'm, I'm truly wondering if him being on camera, if it, if it's like playing up like the respectability, like he doesn't want a woman putting hands on him, like, like his people are going to see this type of thing and why he's so like, like she said, he's he's so like not, not loosened up. He's so uptight. And she's like, this is not the same person I met. Yeah, it's it is fascinating to talk about because it definitely does feel like she has moments where she's like, what is this? Like, I've never seen this side to you. And I think obviously part of it does come from the fact that they only had seen each other for what was it like seven days in person. So that's a right. definitely an adjustment period. But what I think Bilal needs is more. um empathy and more yes. recognition to what exactly is Shaida going through because he you know the way he sees it this is the first jump my prayer where I'm bringing my fiance to my community but this is also her first jump my prayer away from her entire community away from her family yeah. she has no one and for you to pick up the kids and obviously that car ride to the masjid was very 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 awkward like you could cut the tension with a whole knife it was a lot and mm-hmm. You get to the masjid and you've completely left her alone to herself while you're talking to your community and everyone. You're not introducing her to anybody. You have her go wait outside and then you take like your sweet time getting outside. Like this isolation stuff. I mean, this is and this is coming from the person who, you know, moved as the non-American in the nine day fiance journey with me where I come in. I don't know anyone. I don't know anyone in this city. I don't know anyone at all. I have no friends here. All my friends are back home. So. I'm leaning heavily on my partner to, you know, for a lot of things. And obviously the partner can have a life of their own. They have a lot of stuff going on, but when you're bringing your partner over to a, to a setup where it's your community, it's your, you know, your family, you can't just leave them alone like that. That is negligent. That is, Mm -hmm. you know, I never want anyone to be in that position. She felt so you could tell she felt so alone. She didn't know what to do and she can't, you know, like she said, she can't Uber anywhere. She can't leave. Like she's completely bound to him and, and what he wants to do. And it's a very tough spot to be in. Mm-hmm. Exactly. The, the, at least the good thing for her is like she can actually speak the language. Um, 
like that is the best thing she has going for her if he's gonna keep act, acting like this like I, I I really don't she says it later on in the episode but I really don't like how it truly has felt like through these last six episodes that or five episodes however many episodes they've been on that he's trying to train her to be what he wants her to be like I'm I'm really getting that that feeling um and it and it's hard because I really thought I was like really rooting for them when they like first when you know when they, we were first introduced to him and then the prank everything since she's come over has just gone downhill um and I just think he leaves her hanging out to dry way too many times like he's not supporting her at all it feels like he's not being a supportive person like I just don't know. I just feel like he's he's not understanding. Like you said, he needs more empathy. Like when she was saying, I'm nervous. Sometimes people just want to vent to you and you acknowledge their emotions. They don't want you to be like, don't be nervous. They don't want you to say, well, you know, fix, to fix the problem. They just want you to understand their emotions. And he's just clearly not doing that. They're, they're, he's just not doing it for me. And I'm I'm very pissed off because I, I love Shaida and I think they could be really great together. I think they could be really great together, but I don't know why he's 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 acting like this. It, he is acting like he is a catch and that she needs to do everything that she needs to do to keep him in in a in a sense as well. I just not a fan. Yeah. Well I think it it really shows that he has narcissistic tendencies. Honestly, it all boils down to that for me because mm -hmm. I just it just feels like he again fails to see her POV and focuses on his own, which you know everyone's the hero of their own narrative. But my God, like just you know open your eyes every now and then. How about that? So when they leave um, the masjid, he drops her off at home to take the kids to practice, and she does some yoga to like you know get out of that feeling that she was having. And then they were supposed to have date night, but. Then Bilal says, you know, I'm not really feeling it, to be honest with you. And he brings up again, you hit me three different times. And and when she's, you know, talking about this and says, you know, OK, well, I kind of play like this with my brother in law. Like this is just banter mm -hmm. to me. And he, he doesn't see it that way. She does end up uh, mentioning, well, now that I know I'm never going to do that again with you, that's fine. She starts mm -hmm. tearing up. She starts crying. And Bilal's response in this moment, instead of put this aside now, you've gotten what she apologized. He says, yeah, I don't want you to cry, but it was hurtful to me. What is the, who is this helping? Who is the servicing? Tell me. I, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. I truly don't know. Like, that's what I'm saying. Like, have we seen them like hug at all? Are they not allowed to hug? We saw them kiss at the beginning of the episode right before uh, he gave her the latte. So that's what I thought. Like, I don't, yeah. I don't know. He's just acting so, so weird. And I, and I'm like, and I don't know. I don't want, I don't, you know, we'll talk about even Muhammad and I, but I, and I don't want to chalk it up to like the culture or the religion because I think it's just Bilal being a dick to be yeah. quite honest. I don't, I don't think theirs has any tie to any of that. I 100% yeah. think it's Bilal being a, you know, a shady shit. <laughs> <laughs> Completely. Cause he, I just, he, I feel like we rarely see any type of softness from him towards Shaida. Mm -hmm. I like agree. I think the last time we saw it like other than like them kissing in the beginning of this episode was like the yoga room reveal but even that kind of felt like a it felt weird after the whole um quote unquote prank you know I just I don't know I just really want him he's he's so focused about like being right and like winning the argument I guess mm -hmm. and he's just not realizing like he needs to be comforting he needs to be like he, he needs to just 
she needs him. Like she needs him. And I don't, I don't know if she's, she's thought of him as being on her side since she got there. Yeah, no, I, I feel like ultimately with them, there's going to be a lot more to go on, but the, the whole conversation before this entire uh, Juma prayer stuff was, I want Shaida wants kids. But oh, right. The skirts mm-hmm. the topic. And today we see a scene where Bilal wants something and Shaida listens and mm-hmm. understands and then says, fine, like I will do what you want. But I'm intrigued to see what happens when um, we get to a place where she tries to bring up this conversation. Yes. Will Bilal be receptive or will he skirt or will he just shut it down? Exactly. I did write down like in my notes when Bilal came back from like the two hours of the practice and he's like, yeah, we need to have this conversation right now. I'm like, oh, so when you want to have a conversation, we need We're to have the conversation it. right now. <laughs> but when Shahida is talking about she wants, she needs to bring up the whole kids thing. It's, it's all deflect, 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 look over there. Like what? I don't, I don't like this. And I, and I really hope that's a made up storyline between them. Like I hope that's just like TLC saying like, give us something juicy because if you guys haven't talked about having kids before you've come over here, what are what are we even doing at this point? Like, I don't like that at all. I, I really hope it's just manufactured drama because that is that is, should have been like the first thing you talk about, like as mm-hmm. a couple. And then I That's maybe the whole- I'm. Yeah. Or maybe I'm just hoping that Bilal's pretending like he doesn't want any more kids or something like that. I don't know. But I yeah. just. I just really hope that's not the case, especially since you said it's a deal breaker. Of course, it's a deal breaker. Kids is a deal breaker in in a good portion of relationships. So, I I guess that I think they're just going to drag drag that along for as long as they possibly can on this season. I think so too. The next time on, we see them on like a little boat. They've gone like on a date, and it's a boat on a body of water. I don't know how big the boat is or how big the water is. We'll find out next week, but. Mm-hmm. Bilal, Shaida tells Bilal, like, I feel like I've met the right person. And like, she's being very sweet. And then Bilal, this might be out of context. So we'll see next week. Mm-hmm. But Bilal says, maybe the person I'm meant to be with doesn't exist, which if, if that's not out of context, just throw him off the boat. Like, <laughs> right. Like, knock him out. Like, this is a lot. Okay. So we'll get weird. into that next week. Yeah. Weird very down. weird. <laughs> like, what? what are these vibes okay all right let's take a quick break mari when we come back we'll dive into cara and guillermo hanging out with their friends this episode is brought to you by snapple welcome to the snapple market auditory experience close your eyes imagine you're walking into your neighborhood store you make your way to the back and reach for your favorite snapple flavor you can't wait you take a sip Whoa, that's a lot of flavor. Mm. What flavor are you holding? Now, open your eyes and check out Snapple.com to find ridiculously flavorful Snapple near you. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Step into the world of power, loyalty, 
and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of The Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play The Godfather now at ChompaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. All right. So Karen Guillermo, they are back once again. The, the last time we saw them, if I remember correctly, the whole, the whole debate was, hey, I want a laptop. You cannot have a laptop. We do not have the budget for a laptop. So we've right. not really gotten a lot. Oh, no, it was the it was sorry. It was the dinner with the uncle who was like. I'm I've looked into all your life and I have a particular set of skills that uncle. Oh, yeah. It was a lot. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> so now it's 87 days. So he's been there 3 days and they're meeting up at this beer garden type maybe it's like a brewery with they're meeting up with her good friends Hillary and Cooper and Kara lets us know Hillary's my most skeptical friend of Guillermo and she's going to have some hard hitting questions for him. And she tells us, I'm intrigued to see how he answers her questions. This to me is a low key, a bit of a red flag because you know, you're taking him to the lion's den, but you are excited to see how he deals under that pressure. This right. is a setup. We're supposed to have some beers and have a good time. This is not a good time for him. You are not bringing him into a good time at all. Exactly. Like it is, it is the hot seat. It is clearly the hot seat. The least you could do is at least warn him a little bit, but she's like, no. Yeah, he's just gonna find out. <laughs> <laughs> It'll be fine. Yeah. yeah. So uh we we start getting the first question out the gate is how do you feel about getting married? Are you ready? And Guillermo's response was like, uh what? Uh why would you ask that? Of course I mean I'm ready. Yeah, obviously. Yeah. Like, well, you're 23, and like when I was 23, I wasn't really ready. And Guillermo was like, No, 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 I know what I'm doing. But then mm-hmm. the conversation gets very deep by question two. Mm-hmm. Where Hillary says, is there anything Kara does that drives you insane? Now, mm-hmm. if I'm in his position and Liana's brought me to drinks with two of her friends and I don't really know them, I am not sharing like deep stuff like, like what Guillermo does. Because Guillermo's next question is, yeah, when Kara drinks a lot, I don't like it. And she has a tendency to drink a lot. And when she does, I, that's not my favorite. And And you are talking about this while y'all are having drinks. I don't know if that's a good time. Yeah, it was very interesting because it felt like he was kind of trying to say that as kind of like a warning to her, like right then and there. Because before that, she uh, she had when she had ordered her drink, she had asked the waiter like what how much alcohol was in it, and then he told her, and then she's like, "Yeah, let's get Liddy." So I think he also kind of used that as like a warning, like, "Hey, hey, hey, remember, let's not drink as much." But also the fact that her friends really didn't bat an eyelash at him being <laughs> concerned about her drinking i was like oh so she is a drinker <laughs> it's like it's, it's not even like oh i'm concerned about her drinking and she just drinks a little bit every day like every other day yeah. you know like steven and Alyssa tr- type thing or was that what's that her name where she was trying to give up drinking and because he, he's mormon and all that it was oh, like yes. no it was like, no, she's a drinker down. Like she's talking about how like she was blacking, she would black out. He he said he doesn't like that she wouldn't remember some of their nights. And she's like, I don't remember the beginning of it. I'm like, are we? Is that that's the bar, Cara? Like <laughs> you can you remember a little bit of it, but not most of it. Like that is 
very interesting to me to still be to be bl- getting blackout drunk. When was the last time you got blacked out drunk? Um, I don't think I've ever been blacked out. Steam. I yeah, I like no matter how far I drink, I will remember everything. Everything, um, including I will remember. I'm like, oh uh, yeah, I was a bit of a doof last night. I was, I was being <laughs> stupid, so I remember all of it, um, which can be a blessing and can be a curse, but. It's. I've never do, gotten to that point, and I don't think I've ever wanted to get to that point. You know what Same. I mean? Yeah, exactly. Like, and and that is my point. Like, I I don't want to get to that point. I think maybe that's happened to me like once or twice in college. That is about it. Why are you twenty nine? And that's something that is apparently like still happening in your life currently. At least within the last two to three years, you've been dating this man. Like that is, I, I don't know. Like, and I'm not trying to like, I'm, you know, like with being age, aging and stuff like that, but it seems like he may be, as this conversation went along, I was thinking, I was like, maybe Guillermo is the mature one in this convers, in the, in this, um, couple. <laughs> was that just me? Yeah. It's, it does feel like that a little bit. Um, because ultimately when it comes to the conversation of, of drinking, I feel like also, it depends relationship to relationship where they're, you know, if there's a couple that are both like they, they like to go out, have some bevs, mm-hmm. then it works for them. But if there's a couple where clearly one of them is having trouble with it and, and not really vibing with it, so to speak, then maybe it's something to take into consideration. But we've heard it time and time again. Kara does what Kara wants and Guillermo mm-hmm. just has to accept it. But I don't think Guillermo is willing to do that. I think this could be a situation where Guillermo accepted it while they were long distance, now that they're like properly together, I think he is found that, oh, I'm not going to be able to just go for the ride. I need to definitely put my foot down when I feel like I don't like something. So uh, the other thing is when we find out, because obviously like as far as drinking goes as well, if the drinking is causing you to fight, which they both said when Kara drinks, we fight a lot more. Yeah, that's then even worse. That's way worse. That's so much worse. Um, because also Kara sounds like she, unlike us, Kara does not remember the ends of the night. She remembers the start, but she doesn't remember when they get into the the fights. And Guillermo says, "Yeah, so we end the conversation with, yeah, I'll I'll do better. I'll try and do like more. I'm sorry." And then it doesn't get better. And then Kara's response to this was, "Yeah, there's always room for improvement." Ah. okay yeah and the sky is blue when <laughs> you're speaking facts okay like or we can improve and then there's no no yeah. more need for the room <laughs> yeah so then they're <laughs> seriously then they're asked uh what was the worst fight and guillermo says okay there was this one time where kara threw my clothes off a balcony was it what like a like a music video like an r&b music video where where someone's clothes just on the street like this just happened and you're casual about it and she's like yeah i I, was it with the canadian girl and he goes oh yeah maybe which to me says they've had this fight plenty like they fought a lot when this is how he's like oh i think it might have been that one there's a collection there's a there's a there's an album of fights oof this big oof for me so yeah yeah (laughs) we learn that what happened here was Guillermo at one point used the chat up line on Kara, which was she, he sent her a picture of the moon and said, I wish I could have watched this moon with you right now. And she really liked it. But then she found out going through his phone, found out that, oh, he did something very similar with this Canadian girl that he was seeing at one point. And 
Then Hillary and Cooper, who, by the way, have the front row seat to the best talk show of all time. They're just chilling, having drinks and watching this unfold. She's like, oh, you go through his phone? She's like, yeah, I, you know, not actively now, but yeah, I've gone through his phone before. And immediately I was like, OK, we're going to talk about this because uh big red flag. But then we find out that Guillermo has also done this. But Guillermo's defense, to, he, this is what he says. Um, yeah, but I do it in front of her. So it's it's different. Mm-hmm. It's, yeah. yeah. Mm, no, it's not different. Like it's it's just it's just bad. This is very toxic. This is a toxic trait in their relationship. Like going through each other's phones, it's that old sentiment. If you need to go through somebody's phone, that that's never good. You know, that means you do not trust them. And I think that's what the friend was asking. The friend, friend was like, Do you guys trust each other? Like, how do you get married if you can't really trust each other? And going through each other's phones, fighting, throwing clothes out of windows. Um, it didn't seem like it didn't seem like they said like he was he was talking to the Canadian girl at the same time he no. was talking to Kara. It was just kind of like it was previous and she just didn't like that the line was kind of like reused or whatever. Yeah. <laughs> Which and- is like unfortunate, but come on. I'm pretty sure everybody re- recycles game, especially if it like worked the first time. <laughs> Right. I feel like, you know, you can't expect um, a situation where nothing's going to overlap. Now, yeah. if it's the same photo, it's a little weird because like, you it's just saved it. It's like, oh, this is a good moon photo to use. But if it was like, mm-hmm. you know, he's chilling three years apart, a year apart, and he's like, you know, he's seeing the music. I would love to spend time. With, maybe he just likes stargazing with his partner like that to me. You know, maybe that's what he's into. I don't, I don't I can't really fault him too much for that. But then ultimately, when it comes back to the drinking, um, he tells Cooper and Hillary, yeah, I would never tell her she can't do something, but she also needs to know that I have a limit, which this is when I was like, Guillermo was literally the most mature person at this table for, right. for being the youngest. This was a very nice, nuanced way to say, I will never be someone who order around my partner i will never tell them what they can and cannot do but i will tell them how it makes me feel and then they might have to choose but i've told them how i feel and you know if there's a compromise to be found it can only be found together and not separately yeah yeah exactly like it 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 came off very very mature but can we also talk about how like they had that confessional together where um he was talking about how if they both go out and he'll be like, okay, I want to go back home. Mm-hmm. And Kara's always like, Kara doesn't want to go back, you know? And she's like, she never wants to be the first person to leave a party. And um, it seems very like, it seems like he's a little bit more, he's an introvert and she is more of an extrovert. So I 100% see that. Yeah, definitely. Mm-hmm. So if he wants to, if he wants to stay at home, that could be why he want, also wants that computer. He just wants to, you know, entertain himself at home. Now, however you guys took that, that's how you guys took that <laughs> <laughs> the other week. But he sometimes like some people like they do not want to like be hanging out all day and then not or all night should i say and then not only that are you are you hanging out all night but you're getting very very drunk to the point where you're blacking out like who wants to deal with that like every other weekend nobody you know what i'm saying especially yeah. when you're you're you know so i don't know i just i was like i think i think kara has a little bit of growing up to do at this point um if she's unwilling to like at least change a little bit for this marriage like we're constantly getting on like we get on guys for not changing for like 
you know, marriage and like, especially if you watch Married at First Sight, shout out to Jason and Asia. Like, um, but Karen might need to do a little bit of changing here. But I don't yeah. know. I guess well, we'll see more from from her. Oh, you we know, definitely like, will. Yeah. Yeah, because also the thing is with regards to the 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 point you brought up where that if that happens every time ultimately it'll get to a point where if if Guillermo feels like every time they go out he has to take care of Kara because then Kara mm-hmm. goes to like the point of no return these hangouts become more dreaded and more yep. difficult for them to have so they stop being fun for one party completely because they always feel like they have to be on safety patrol and like kind of be the designated driver in a way. Mm-hmm. Um, so that doesn't help. And then Liana and I talked about this last night of like, yeah, we've never been in a position where one of us wanted to leave and the other hasn't been like, okay, yeah, we can go. Like I said, mm-hmm. I was like, there's been times where like I felt a little bit tired, maybe at a hangout, and I'm like, I could leave right now, but unless I absolutely want to like really feel strongly that I want to leave, I have no problem sticking around and chilling. So we've never had this problem, thankfully. Mm-hmm. But in the case of the two of them, if this has been happening, you know, a lot, then I could see where, you know, anytime they're like, okay, we're going to this bar. It's like, oh, the sense of dread comes in because like, mm-hmm. oh, I got to take care of my partner. And it's not in a, and I don't necessarily think that Guillermo's looking at it from a sense of like, he's pissed off at her. It's, it's in his nature to want to protect his partner and like make sure his partner's doing okay and is fine. So. I, I see this being a problem moving forward. I really do. Um, cause Kara is first one and last one at the club and Guillermo's more of a, we can leave at 1130. I'm fine to leave at 1130. And she's like, listen, mm-hmm. this shuts down at 4 a.m. We're leaving at 5 a.m. That's how it's going to go. Ugh. So Ugh. are yeah. you, do you have this? Are you exhausted just thinking about that, Mari? <laughs> yes, because that's what I'm saying. She's like 29. I'm 33. Like the, I have not stayed till closing. Like, the, at New York, that was great. Like that was the longest I've been out at night. Like when we were in New York, <laughs> I'm normally a brunch girl. I'm a get drunk in the middle of the day type of girl if I can, and be able to sleep it off, nap, and by the time I wake up, we can pop on a movie type. Like, at home. Mm-hmm. like I would much rather do dr- day drinking now than night drinking if I prefer it. So staying staying out till three, like three four in the morning, that is just unfathomable for me and 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 like james he like it, it's better he just stays home like if he if he wants to because he's an introvert i he's yeah he's an introvert i'm an extrovert so if if it's something he does truly truly doesn't like well, he'll, he'll just stay home and then you but you also gotta we gotta factor in like kids and dogs and stuff like that so we can't right. even stay out late if we wanted to in some circumstances so i just think um you gotta be again that's something like like you said if Guillermo is being terrified because he doesn't want to stay along because he doesn't want to basically be held hostage there plus he doesn't want to have to take care of her like they really need to come in and and, and do some like meet in the middle type type things because you can't you can't keep doing that to him especially again somebody who is in a, a foreign country who cannot just either stay home or get back home if they needed to you know Right. Yeah, no, absolutely. And and that is pretty much it. That's all we got on Karen Guillermo this episode. Mm-hmm. The next time on, they're going to her high school reunion and they're going to meet his her ex who tells yeah. Guillermo that, yeah, she I found I went through her phone, found out she cheated on me and I've not trusted <gasps> any woman since. So like 
oh yeah, this this man's going through some shit. If he's still like hung up on what happened, um, she like a number has been done in his psyche. But Guillermo's gonna see this firsthand now, so I'm curious to see where they pivot from there. Yeah, and no shade, he looked like he was going through some. some he definitely looked like he was still <laughs> licking the high school wounds for sure, <laughs> like completely. So yeah, so hearing this, Guillermo has to be thinking like twice, thrice, quadruple, because mm-hmm. again, it makes me call into question Kara's maturity level here, and and yeah. I'm actually surprised that this is where they were headed like I didn't think that I would be questioning Kara's maturity level at this point since they made such a big deal about Guillermo being 23 yeah I feel like ultimately this is going to be a big battle of compatibility because Mm. if she is all about you know partying it up going out with friends having drinks that is completely fine but if your partner is not about that life, you have to figure out a way to make it work for the both of you, because that's going to just cause more problems. Given also there's this clear lack of trust, like complete trust, unbreakable trust between the two of them mm-hmm. and the whole phone checking like this isn't going to help because if the compromise is, well, I'll, if you don't want to come out, I'll go out with the friends. And I'll come home. That's fine. But then if if he's going to have issues with, oh, well, can I you know look through your phone and see if you've talked to anybody, then that's going to be a problem. So yeah, this is big issues. We talked about them potentially being the most boring couple this season. They could still very well check that box. But I do think they do, they are 100 percent one of the more potentials for big drama this season at this point. Yeah, yep, I agree too. And that was not where I thought that was headed. It's been a wild ride. Okay, so speaking of wild ride, let's go over to a couple that are about to get their first taste of living together along with the future brother-in-law. It's Patrick and Thais. Now, the last time we saw them, Patrick and Thais, uh, Thais got picked up at the airport. Everything seemed to be fine, but... The one thing that's been looming is I don't want to live with John. I just don't want to live with him. And we haven't even seen them live together. So my thought was, yeah, let's let's see how it goes. Let's, maybe, maybe it'll be fine. So he, they arrive at the house and immediately I'm feeling some tension. They have a moment where Patrick tells his brother, listen, we're, she's going to go shower and you might want to watch TV and you might want to turn the volume up to loud. I was like, this is gross. Why are you talking about this like this in front of Thais? Like, I know she might not get Very it, gross. but like for the love of God, like, you know, just you don't need to do this. And if you have to shoot a text discreetly, I feel like it's just, I don't know. I didn't like that. I hated it. I hated every second of it. <laughs> Good to know. Like you guys say, when why do they have to talk about sex so creepily on this show? Like, just be, keep it like. Listen, hey, listen, we're gonna go to the bedroom. Just so you know, walk away. He can connect the dots. John doesn't seem like the smartest marble in the barrel, but mm. he does. He can pick up a cue like that. He's a he's like a frat boy guy. He'll know exactly what you're saying. So that wasn't needed for me. Not not at all. <laughs> Not at all. I was like, ew, gross. <laughs> yeah, like, relax, Patrick, uh, relax. Well, they, we fast forward from then to the next day, and, you know, they had a good time. That's all we mm-hmm. need to say. They had a good time. So mm-hmm. she was about to, you know, leave the room and was like, is, is John, you know, probably here, isn't he? She, he's like, yeah. So she's like, okay, I'll, I'll get changed before I go. And she puts on like these, uh, I guess, jorts or jean shorts or whatever. And mm-hmm. says, I wish, you know, I was more comfortable in my own home. I like to walk around with less clothing. I like to walk around naked. So 
I feel like I don't love that. So already before she's seen John in the morning, she's already reserved about the idea of living with John. Mm-hmm. And this again, similar to Belanger to where this, that, this was the peak. This was like the best part of the day for them because when she walks out, you know, grown ass John is standing in the living room playing video games. When, when someone stands up and holds a controller like that, I immediately see them as like an eight year old who's playing Mario Kart because <laughs> if you're not seated and it's not even corded, I feel like I remember my cousins were, were like playing, um, the wrestling games on uh, N64 and you mm-hmm. have to be closer to the TV because of the cord. You don't need to be that close to the TV, John. So what are you doing? <laughs> so, so awkward this. And, you know, we, again, we will get into it later, but Thais rightfully being like, you know, this is, this is what my house, it is not her house. Let's be real. You know, she mm-hmm. gave up everything. She's here. She moved in with Patrick and she says she does not feel comfortable in her house. Now it's only been a day. A day so like she could have put in a little bit more effort, but I, I get it. Like you want to walk around your house the way you want to walk around your house. So, but she puts on something more appropriate because John is there because mm-hmm. that's what normal people would do. That that's is right. exactly what you should do in a situation where there's people in your house that are not, you know, like their family, but they should not be seeing you in a state of undress. That is perfectly normal to do. You know, just let's keep that in our pockets for later. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh, I'm intrigued where we're about to head out from here. Okay. Um, so we learn here. So obviously, Patrick, they've just woken up. Patrick is going to make some breakfast for him and Thais. And John is having himself a nice old bottle of beer in the morning. And John's like, well, are you making her breakfast? He's like, yes, yeah. like, she should make you breakfast. He's like, no, I'm making her breakfast. And I was like, that's right, Patrick. Say it again. Because why is John showing his whole ass when no one's provoked him? Why is this happening? Yes, this was weird. So, you know, we've seen in the preview that Thais is like, oh, John, why are you drinking beer in the morning? That's weird. It, You know, it's not that weird. You know, if people, it's their day off. They want to, it's a little weird, but it's not that weird. We're not going to, you know, shame him for that. I will kind of shame him because it seemed like he was drunk. Like that oh, early, right? He was gone. I thought he was gone. He was doing the classic, like I've seen this when, when people hit a certain level of drink where they're not making eye contact and they keep looking mm-hmm. away and then looking back and like keep looking at the same two spots over and over. It, mm-hmm. I was like, okay, I think he's, he's already faded as Rob was Faded. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Wasted. Mm-hmm. Um. <laughs> And and it's I not think, even, it's like, to me, it was like, what, 10 a.m., 11 a.m., maybe yes. noon at the earliest? <laughs> and I think that's why he was standing up with the video game. Oh, my God, that makes yeah. so much more sense. <laughs> he was trying to get his, his composure, his balance to play. Like, I like at first, when I, again, when we saw, we've seen this so many times in the previews, I was just kind of like, oh, why is she getting on him? You know, it's just probably one beer in the morning. No, 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 no. He was he was gone and he kept making all these like little snide comments under his breath. I think I think Thais was kind of giving it back to him, too. I was just like, this is not good. I I felt so bad for Patrick in that situation because I just think that John it's John's state of inebriation means he couldn't de-escalate, de-escalate the situation. Mm-hmm. I don't know if he, he that's the type of person he is, because every time we've seen him, he's kind of been, you know, cracking one open. But like. I just think like that it really did escalate. It didn't get like 
it, you know, they weren't raising their voices at each other, but it was a, it was very weird. You could tell there was tension. You could tell they were like taking little snips at each other. Like when Patrick was, she was like, "What are you doing, Patrick?" He's like, "I'm gonna, be, I'm gonna make John's eggs." And then Thais is like, "He can make his own eggs and c- come sit down and eat with me." And that was just so weird and so awkward. I felt so, so, so bad for Patrick. There. Yeah, no, Patrick was honestly in an impossible spot. And mm-hmm. I genuinely, upon first impressions, did not expect to be in a position where I was like, yo, Patrick's actually a pretty good guy. Like mm-hmm. he I feel like he's juggling quite a few like things at once here. Because mm-hmm. the clearly it was evident to me that like um uh Thais's whole thing was, well, your eggs are gonna your food's gonna get cold. But he's like, Yeah, but I'm gonna make him breakfast. And then John says, Listen, I have a steak out you want to share that steak i'll make that steak and i think this is where i realized oh he's not just drunk he's drunk drunk is when he flipped Mm -hmm. the steak onto the floor oh and the smoke alarms going off and she's coughing and he's like it's flavor it's effing flavor it's like that is not seasoning sir like smoke is not you cannot (laughs) burn the house down with your thing like it was for the flavor though like stop it please turn on the the wind suction thing the air suction yeah the little fan Mm -hmm. yeah <laughs> oh my god. I've never seen anyone flip a steak in my life. It's not a pancake, so it's not a pancake, right? Like there's no there's <laughs> no point to flip a steak. And then for it to land on the ground. I mean, he could have at least like wiped it off or something before he put it back in the pan or you like like I, I get it. It's still it was still cooking. You just put it there, you know, you get it in there and it, it's still hot. You get it hot, it's not too bad. Yeah. Uh, well, so I his, guess I, yeah. His <laughs> argument of I what should I do like disinfect it with wipes like no you weirdo like that no one's saying to do that but also you can't be mad if someone like you know some some people abide by a five second rule they're like oh it's fine it's quick I I recovered some people can't do that they're like ew no I'm not eating that and that is completely allowed you're allowed to eat what you want to eat what you don't want to eat but then uh, John decides to dig into his bag of you know comments and say there are starving children in the world who would who would want this food. There are people starving out there that want this. And we can't let it go to waste. John, just eat it. No, you can still eat the steak yourself. You were so you were going to do it in the first place. But again, I feel like I'm making arguments against someone who's intoxicated yeah. and might not realize the arguments they're making. I was like, oh, great. A little bit of xenophobia along with breakfast. That That's a great. Mm, <laughs> that's that's flavor. That's seasoning right there. <laughs> Okay, so uh, yeah, so they finish food and and Thais like, all right, let's go. They go to the room, uh, to their bedroom, and then it skips time ahead to later that night. And Patrick has decided, I need these two to you know become better acquainted and and you know squash the beef. So I'm going to take him to a game of mini golf. And my first argument to this would be, it's your first night with Thais. Maybe it should just be the two of you. I think that might be the move, and especially after this morning. Maybe this isn't the immediate decision to do this. And later, when we see them go to this, the mini golf place was like, it's clearly for, a, I would say, adults potentially, because there's like a whole beer wall where you can get more drink. It's like, is this mm-hmm. the right call, given what we've seen so far? I don't know. It was an interesting <laughs> choice for me. Yeah, it was like uh, the one thing that was that this meeting that impeded this meeting going smooth was beer. So you know what we should do? 
we should go out for more beer. <laughs> Put more in there. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Maybe if we're all drinking now, though, it'll be better. <laughs> like, I think that's what the thought process was here. The place looked cool, though, like mini golfing with beer. It looked cool. You know, I I feel like maybe maybe this would get better with time. Like, I, I, I'm actually, like, rooting for Patrick and Thais. And, and I think the John situation, I really, I, I, I really wish Patrick would have addressed that situation before she got there, but I understood why he didn't. And you guys like said it, like he didn't want to, you know, John to move out. And then if things with Thais didn't work, then he lost both of them or anything like that. But I just really, um, you know, I, I just really want them to work out. And I just don't know how comfortable, like how you can start a life when you, when you have somebody like living with you, like, like that at least I don't know if they did I don't I don't think they talked about like a timetable or anything like that and the, the house looks big so he has to have like his own room somewhere that can be far away from them to like not get in the way I would hope but I think they need a they really need to evaluate this situation yeah no I, I 100% agree with that and I feel like what what I felt watching this play out especially by the end of the episode for them specifically is Mm -hmm. that i think while at one point i was like well you know the whole having a fail-safe thing i don't love i feel like there's more to the story that we don't know because when they end Mm -hmm. this mini golf when when she leaves she's like i've already won i'm gonna go inside y'all come to me when you're done which I was like, can you declare yourself the winner in the middle of the mini golf? I don't know about that. I don't know how that works. <laughs> like, I win. It's over. Um, but the conversation they were having, and then the separate confessionals, they were both teary-eyed. Did you notice this? Like they were I did. They both definitely. Cry. I think there's a lot more emotion with their past and what they've gone through as brothers for me. So I think I that so that is where a lot of this is rooted in, and I think part of them. Especially, you know, he calls his brother, the guy who drinks a six pack before noon. He similarly to when Guillermo feels like he needs to take care of Kara. I feel like he feels like he needs to take care of John. And Mm -hmm. I think that it's at a place right now where he doesn't necessarily, you know, want to. He wants John close right now. And I think by not, you know, wanting the, the world to know maybe their business citing it as well just in case things with Thais don't work out I don't want you know to not have a roommate there might be more to the story and we're just not being told it yeah I I definitely think so like I if uh, if you allow me to go into complete speculation here I I think that Patrick like losing they, they say when like elite athletes you know no longer can perform the sport that they love Mm-hmm. That that downward oh, downward spiral could be like massive, you know. Um, <laughs> this is weird, but we saw it on the Bachelorette. You know, one of um, on Michelle's season, Joe talked about like losing, um, being being um, crowned Mister Basketball in a whole state, and then not being able to go pro because of an injury. Um, you know, I'm pretty sure if anybody out there who's experienced like playing sports within like high school for in college when it's in when it's over like I have myself like it's really hard to adjust and that's just on like just playing for fun or for for playing in school so I can't imagine being on Olympic weightlifting like status and then losing everything you've worked for for years because you made a mistake and took a shortcut and got caught you know what I'm saying like 
and then to be known as the guy who took the shortcut and got caught and everything stripped away from you, including, which we found out his first wife, because, Mm -hmm. you know, she, they, they, they did weightlifting together. And if it's anything like, um, again, we did for crime scene, we did a, um, a special on like, uh, uh, steroids and bad sports and stuff like that. And, um, like Marion Jones and her husband ended up splitting two once if once he had uh, talked about he was on steroids and pointing the finger at her. Like, I think it's also like his ex-wife could have escaped and, and divorced him. So she could she wouldn't be tied to him, to the shame of, of the steroids or him. So right. people aren't looking at her like, are you taking steroids? You know, so or, sorry, performance enhancing drugs. We don't have PEDs. We don't know. He was taking HDH. Um, so like, I think that put him in a very bad spiral i i could see you know depression suicidal ideations i could see that really messing him up and he said john was with me through his worst and i think john is the only reason that he's probably still here and i think he actually said that at one point and i think now we can see that john does a little bit need patrick if 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 it's to be believed of what we're seeing it's like john might have a little bit of a problem and I don't think Patrick wants to leave him in that that type of state. Yeah. And I and I think that's perfectly like acceptable, but unfortunately, Patrick, you decided to bring your fiance here to the states. So, he needs to try and either um I, 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 I feel like they could kind of make it work. Like, it's weird. Why am I rooting for like three people to live in a house kind of together? <laughs> like, it is the weirdest thing. I, I think they could make it work if they actually like, I think, I think they just need to kind of approach it like we're, this is the first couple of days. We're trying to figure out what works for all of us. And then, you know, maybe we can see, you know, get John to be more polite, get Thais to be a little bit more understanding of the situation. And then I think we can, resolve this because from what we understand Patrick and John they're all each other has you know mm-hmm. and then when you add Thais it's like you know uh, Patrick keeps saying I just want us to be a family I just want us to be a family and it's just so heartbreaking um, that this is like kind of the ro- rocky start they get yeah I think that for me um, the fact that Patrick speaks her language so fluently and the fact that he clearly cares about both parties and is trying to make sure both are happy. I'm that's, what's made me want to root for them. Mm -hmm. And, and, you know, I completely see where Thais is coming from. I feel like she, again, we talk about the, the non-American counterpart coming over, giving up everything they know to, to be in a situation. And if it's not an ideal situation, they're going to voice it because like they have nothing else. Um, and then for for John, clearly feeling a little bit like he's about to lose his brother, his like best friend, his roommate. Mm-hmm. It's very complicated. And to put three of them in one under one roof, I can see now. Whilst before, maybe I looked at it, I'm like, what's the big deal? Like you're, you're mm-hmm. you know, it's a living situation, it's temporary. But there's a lot more emotion behind it, and we're gonna dive into more of it come the future here. Uh, now they looks like they're gonna get a bye week next week, so we're not gonna see yeah. them next week. Mm-hmm. But we'll see where the story goes. And hopefully by episode eight, we see if um, the conversation that Patrick had with John at the golf course changes anything or not. Fingers yeah, crossed. Yeah, and I, th- I think, didn't you you and Kirsten say you think that they're going to be like a, a couple that won't have too much drama? Was it them? Well, I can't remember. The, well, the thing is, they might not have a lot of feature because they ca- they were introduced late. And mm-hmm. if they're already getting a bye week after two episodes, 
that doesn't spell a lot for me. Now I mm-hmm. could look at it and say, oh, that means they're not going to have a lot of juice, a lot of drama for, for the show to put on. But right. this one episode we saw, I think there is room for drama, but maybe Patrick just off one conversation fixed everything. We'll see. Yeah, right. exactly. Yeah. Okay. So then let's take one more break at the midway point here. When we get back, we will talk about the New York adventures of not us, but Ari and Binyam. It is Ryan here and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too it's a thing and now the truth is out there i can tell you about my favorite place to have fun chumba casino they have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week you can play for free anytime anywhere and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses so join me in the fun sign up now at chumbacasino.com no purchase necessary btw void were prohibited by law see terms and conditions 18 plus all right mari take it away on Ari and Binium here. <laughs> My bad. Look down for two seconds. Um, (laughs) Ari and Binyam. Wow, Puya. Wow. I feel like we've grown up with them. I feel like they, I was here with you when we were introduced to them. It's been, how many seasons has it? Many moons have passed and they're still here. Jeez. But the funny thing is like in real time, it's only been like a year. Like for them, like a year, year and a half, maybe. See, yeah. I, I'm trying to. I, I, every time I, I they come up, I'm trying to figure it out because they keep saying like Avi is only ten months old, right? Avi is. I think Avi looks bigger than ten months to me. See, I can't even. I have my own kid, and I'm like Avi looks bigger than um Coben, but Coben is supposed to be like seventeen months. I'm like, I'm so confused. Yeah, <laughs> close to two years. So we can look at it. We can. I can try and look up the timeline here because the thing is, we've gone through a lot with them. Mm-hmm. Obviously, there was the time where uh, he was trying to get everything set up in Ethiopia, but then like the next season was when they had a new place in Ethiopia, but then she left and was like we're doing the kenya thing now and then also at one point didn't her ex visit them like it's a lot has happened and i just do not like the timeline gets very muddled because i don't remember all of it yeah exactly exactly it's like i don't remember all of it they've been on like three is this the third season or their fourth season before the 90 days was it two two they did the other way as well right okay oh yeah Uh, okay it was the other way fourth yeah, it's third, third or fourth. fourth. Yeah, exactly. So, um, I'm just like I, I'm, I'm, I'm in their family. They're both of their dysfunctional families. <laughs> 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 so, but this is, I mean, we'll talk about the end. But I, I, like I said, I, why am I weirdly rooting for them? Why every time am I coming here really rooting for them, even though I, I. They did not handle half of their um, situations well at all. Ari gets on my nerves. I think I'm well on the record of saying that. But for some reason, I just truly want them to work out. I'm pretty sure it's because of Avi. Avi is so cute. Um, <laughs> but 
we 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 pick up right where we left off with them. Like they are really like going day by day with them. And he Benny was really tired from that that um flight over uh because he was being a great dad on the way over. He took basically all of all of the um duties over while Ari slept on the plane. So Benny and um Avi got to sleep in a little bit and <laughs> Then Ari brings uh, American coffee to to Binyam, and I was like, "Oh, I know how this is gonna go." I, uh, that was so funny. Was like, it's it's classic American. I was like, "Oh, so mm-hmm. it's a cure." You you brought a Keurig cup over, all right? <laughs> classic American fare, right there. It was yep. so. I love this interaction with with Ari's. Uh, sorry, Binyam's reaction to this mm-hmm. coffee versus Ethiopian coffee. It had me. Exactly. And I, I don't, I'm not a coffee person like I think you are, right? Puya, you're a big coffee person. Oh, yeah. I'm on my second cup right now as we speak. I'm having a good Jean time. Louise, I can't, I, I love, I love coffee as a kid, but I'm the type that's like, I want, it's like, do you want coffee with your cream and sugar? I'm like, yes, a splash mm. cream. And um, but other than that, it kind of then messes with my, with the the plumbing. So I Aww. I but I do know that Ethiopian coffee is like some of the strongest, like purest, and they they do like the little espressos what through like out the day and it's, and I was so I was laughing so hard when Binyam was like, what what is this? He's like he's like this is like hot water. It's very I love hot water. So it's great hot water is what he says. It's so good. Yeah. She said it's not she's like it's not like Ethiopian coffee where it'll have your um where it'll have your heart uh racing all day. The heart palpitations, yeah. Yeah, it's heart palpitations, yes. Oh my god. So I like it's it's moments like this, like I really like Ari Binyam, and then like Ari brings up her concerns about like her parents finding them a two bedroom house. You guys talked about last week, but like finding them a two bedroom house and then ha- them having to find financially pay for it. And she's talking about how she's stressing out over it. And at first I was like, I really like this. I was like Ari last week, she stood up to her parents and was like, how y'all going to get us this big house and then tell us to pay for it. Because um, in, wasn't it in the first episode of the season, it, Ari, like we, we were told that, that they had got like her family, her, her family had gotten them apartment to live in and they were, going to pay for it and i think she was under the impression that they had gotten the year lease and that they were going to pay for it um for the whole time and then they just dropped that bomb on them in the last episode so now ari is really stressing but i'm like girl you you guys just landed i'm like you know i the whole they're both of their segments i'm just like girl calm down just like calm down like i get it being financially like stressed about financials but they gave you two to three months You've been here for four, 24 hours, 48 hours. Just calm down, you know? And, and, uh, it definitely made sense near the end as to why she was a little bit more stressed than, than, than usual. Um, I, what did you, I know you talked about last week, but what did you think about her continued fears here about them, um, having to finance a two bedroom house that she said, we didn't, I didn't ask for two bedroom. I told her one bedroom. <laughs> Yeah, I, this is the thing for me. This is probably the first time in a long time where I'm sympathizing with, with Ari. Me too. Yeah. Yeah. Because it's like, yeah, she had the wherewithal and the foresight to be like, Hey mom, one bedroom apartment might be fine with us. Like we are coming in. Um, I would have to find work. Binium cannot work. So that mm-hmm. might be the right move. But when your parents insinuate that they'll foot the bill, so mm-hmm. they'll give you a two bedroom because they think it's better for you. What are you supposed to say? No. So I feel like she came in with the, with the, uh, um, belief, I think that, okay, so they're going to take care of us until we get on our feet. But when the first convo your mom pulls out there is, 
yo, so we're doing this for a couple months, then it's on you, but we've also gotten you the good internet. We've got you like premium cable. We've got this two bedroom apartment in this look in this place that we live in same complex, which is probably more expensive. They do a drive around the city and she's like, yeah, it's a very rich area. So mm-hmm. to me, you put all of this together and then, yeah, I would be stressed too right out the gate. It's going to be, especially when Ari's the one who handles the finances. So in, in my relationship, Liana handles the finance. Liana pays like close attention to, to all that stuff. I still don't know quite a bit. I'm not well versed. Um, so if, if Liana and I were in a position where we're financially uncomfortable and we've got a, you know, a big, we're in a position where big utilities are about to come through and be on our lap. Yeah, I'm going to be nervous. And then, Add in the fact that she tells us that she doesn't really, you know, she hasn't really lived on her own in the States because she traveled quite a bit. Exactly. Mm-hmm. It's like, yeah, I would be stressed out of my mind because I'm also trying to work on my marriage and, you know, raise a son. And the working on the marriage thing, that's something that they've been looking forward to, right? Because they moved to the U.S. Part of it was completely new beginning without the families involved, without any drama and you can't really get that now when you're going to start worrying about money and finances. Like financial stress is real and is is detrimental to the mind, I feel like. Exactly. And I I am I am the same way too. Like I I handle the finances in a sense that like if I like I know where stuff has to go when and where. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, like, very much ex- so. Exactly. So like I I that's why I'm like I get you're stressed out, but girl, it's not you know, you can't do anything about it right now at this point. He can't work. And, you know, you you'll find a job, but they're they're giving her at least two to three months. And honestly, come on. All she needs to do is bat her eyelids and her parents will extend that. Let's they're not gonna leave them hanging. Them. There's no right. way they're gonna leave them hanging if they can't afford it. Exactly. So then when it was revealed that this is her first time being responsible for utilities as a 31 year old, I was like, oh, yeah, that makes that makes a lot more sense. You don't know what you're doing either. (laughs) Um, But I I did not like how she like eventually took it out on him, you know, especially since Benny is like of like all of all of the people coming over. He is I mean, he is excited to get a job now he is thinking that he wants to be an mma fighter bless his heart and his dreams the man lives in the clouds proudly (laughs) yes he stays he completely stays there in the cloud for the clouds and i was like okay is that better than trying to be a dancer here maybe like i'm like i'm really i was really i was like should i google like the the career path of an mma fighter This podcast, and I mean, he looks good at it. We saw him put him put Leandro in that, that on oh, the choke. Oh my god, the arm bar! <laughs> he had the guy tapping out. <laughs> so he might be really good at that. Like that might be the dream that he settles on. Um, but he, like, I don't like. He's very naive. He's very like head in the clouds. But I think he. It always seemed like the reason why we also root for Binyam is because he's, he wants to provide for his family. He wants mm. to be able to help out. He wants to take care of his, his son, you know? And so that's why I, I'm just like, I love, I love his like youthful optimism, mm-hmm. but I can see how that can really just like Ari's like dog. <laughs> like I need you to like come back down with me and they it was really cute when she was showing him showing like they had him and Avi and they were driving around Princeton New Jersey and it's so is Princeton New Jersey where like actual Princeton is 
Yeah, yeah. So Liana was like, oh, this is where this is because like, her dad went to Princeton. So mm. she has seen the campus before. So yeah, it is where um, Princeton is. And they showed us Princeton. Uh, they went through a neighborhood that is like more of a expensive neighborhood. She was like, yeah, this is like, mm-hmm. you know, the, every house here is about a million dollars at least. And again, this is where uh, Binyam's like cloud living, lightheartedness of, I will buy you a house one day. Like, all right, <laughs> Binyam 100% will feed this family off vibes. Like that's where yeah. it's, it is at. It's like, we'll be fine. Everything's fine. Yep. And like, I'm, I'm, you know, I, I kind of see, I'm with you there where, it's like it is day one. Your family has proven that they'll, you know, do anything for you. So you're probably safe. But I also know that if someone is the type that they can't shut their brain down in a way mm-hmm. that like, you know, they're constantly thinking, then mm-hmm. they're never going to be able to to stop thinking about it. So in a way, I p- kind of put the blame on mom here where mom could have just yes. not said that right now. Like, yes, you I know your daughter. That. Yeah, mm-hmm. leave her be. They just got here. It's a long flight. Again, I'm a big proponent of if heavy conversations have to happen or more serious conversations, so to speak, save them for like day two, day three. If they've had a long flight over, let them sleep in, let them rest before you open the doors of reality to them, you know? Exactly. I, I completely agree. I, I completely agree. And I blame her parents. Like, that's one of those things. If you didn't tell them before they hopped on that plane, you could wait a few days uh, right. to tell them <laughs> um, once they got there. Like, truly. Yeah. So they, that was the they did the New Jersey tour. And then it was time to they they uh, gave uh, baby Avi over to the, the grandparents, of course. And they decided to venture out to New York. and. This was a very sweet scene where uh, Binyam gets on a train for the first time. He drinks off of water fountain for the first time. And I think the big city living, he immediately took to it. He loved everything he was seeing. It was so cute. It was mm-hmm. so cute. He was like a kid in the candy store. He was like doing flips and stuff off of it. I loved them taking pictures in front of stuff. And like he was in the subway if anybody has been to New York for any uh, extended amount of time, they know those the, the the dance crews that come into the subway cars and do all the tricks down the middle of the um, aisle and stuff. It was very reminiscent of that when mm-hmm. he was like doing the flips off the pole in, in the subway. But it was it was really cute. And um, I, I again, it was just one of those moments where I really enjoyed. I was like, this is great. This is why you guys came here. I am, I am hoping that them being over here, they're now away from Wish and his other yeah. sister, the wine throwing. Um, you know, they're, they're here in America. You know, they have some support financially and it seems like they even like they have, uh, um, childcare support as well so i i think the only thing that can really get in their way is money um uh but i think that's again something you don't have to worry about on day two yeah and and so then they go through this whole new york journey everything seems fine they're seemingly ending the night at a bar where they're each ordering a guinness which not my drink no, oh, that's my. I love a good Guinness. You do? I can't. I it's do. too. It's too heavy for me. <laughs> I, I like. I like how heavy it is. Like how how yeah, thick and and we we went to this bar that would mix Guinness with different um with other things. Oh, so like yeah, a Guinness and an apple cider, 
I think that was I can't remember. I think that was called a snake bite, like a half Guinness, half half apple cider, and then it was like Guinness and Sprite. Maybe that was the snake bite. But anyways, I, I, I never loved, knew you could you could mix Guinness. I've that's wild. Yeah, I'm a, I'm a Guinness fan. I'm a fan of Guinness. Okay, so you were a fan mm. of this drink, um, yeah. and and they were clearly a fan of their drinks too. They're you know having a bev, they're hanging out, and and Binium lightheartedly. I don't think he was like super serious. Was like you know we could move here. What, what do you think? We can move to New York, and she's like. No, the money is not here. We do not. It's more expensive here. We don't have that kind of money for rent. And then he's like, yeah, well, the, the, you know, the, the rent salary is up, but then your salary would also be more here. She's like, well, we don't have jobs right now. And this mm-hmm. is where, you know, someone who is very much still like can't take their mind off something this serious and someone who isn't thinking about it at all are going to clash. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Yeah. And I just, I honestly, again, like you said, I thought he was just kind of like playing around. He was kind of just like, oh, pie in the sky. Like she yeah, did he not have to, yeah, she didn't really, truly didn't have to like completely have, have them crashing. She's like, this is, you already want to give up. We've already signed a one year lease. I really didn't like when she um said that um she started calling him unappreciative for what their parents did and in, in, in finding them that place. I was like, girl, calm down. He did not say any of that. You know, he just wistfully said, what if we lived in New York? <laughs> like a lot of people mm. do. Well, <laughs> like, all the he, time. <laughs> he did use those words. He did tell her to calm down, which I think just diverted the conversation elsewhere exactly. completely. So bad. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The, mm-hmm. If you're anyone's in a relationship or, or looking to be in a relationship, those are two words you do not tell your partner in any capacity because I, I agree. It will never give you the result you think you want or or you think you'll get. Never. Um, so that does that right. I do agree with you, the whole unappreciative thing, because he literally said how appreciative he was that morning when they were in bed <laughs> drinking hot water. He was like, you know, they really hooked us up here. It's pretty nice. So I don't think that I think it was more of a he's throwing it out there. He's kind of li- wants to live in the fantasy for a second. But then when she was like, yeah, like you're already, um, you know, you do you like New York? You don't want like you don't like where we are. I'm like, listen, I feel like you pull 100 people, New Jersey or New York. That's not going to end in your favor, Ari. Mm-hmm. So, like, that's not an unpopular take. But also, again, I do not think he meant anything by it. I don't think it was that deep. This is Binyam. Binyam does not speak that deep. So he's just exactly. talking, like, you know, what he's talking. I don't think it was that big of a deal. But I think, the, again, the calm down part was was what really took this conversation sideways. And ultimately, we end this episode with them and... She's going to be stressed about this money stuff. I don't think that's going to go anywhere anytime soon. Um, and it's going to be a lot. Now, the next time on, they are meeting her whole family for dinner. And mm-hmm. I'm hoping this is out of context. I don't know yeah. what the context is, but they give us a moment where a soundbite of Ari, uh, Binyam saying, yeah, even, you know, my family said, even if Ari doesn't want you, she can sign you the green card. Yeah. You don't tell the skeptical American family that ever. <laughs> um, and like, again, I don't know. I don't, I don't know what he means by this. I don't know what possessed him to say this. When, when this happened last night, Liana and I were like, Oh my God, why, what are you doing? Like, this is yep. a mistake. So I'm terrified to see where that goes. We will see. Uh, but that's our Binium for you. We have two more couples to go through here and I'm, you know, I'm, I'm bracing myself because the next couple mm. is Eve and Muhammad. Now, even Muhammad, 
had one scene in the entire episode. And it's the same scene we saw in the preview last week. So this is a brief scene. We'll see how much we talk about it. It is, of course, Eve has called in a plumber to hook up this um, bidet for Muhammad. It's been a couple days that he's not had the bidet. So she got professional help for it. And we see Theron and and uh, Muhammad hanging out in the living room. The doorbell rings. Eve gets the plumber, takes him to the bathroom, and is making small talk of like, do you, do you, you know, install a lot of these? We've got, we've installed quite a few. And Muhammad walks in and he's like, uh, what, what is happening? <laughs> what, what is, what is this? And Mari, it just goes bad to worse. Yeah, it truly does. Um, Mohammed, we see, like, they basically show this whole scene in, like, the previews. Yeah, uh, we really got honestly. everything they were giving. <laughs> this was literally it. And he's like, she tells her she can't be alone with a, a man, like, in the house. And then it really just devolves until she's like, oh, so where do I go? She, He's like, you have to, like, leave there. Like, you have to back up. And he's like, she's like, wait, what? And he's like, so, yeah, there's a stranger in the house. You have to, like, go outside and she was like wait so every time there's a stranger i need to i need to like leave i can't be alone with anybody and he was like yes he's like you need to come and get you need to come and get me you have to come and get me and then i can escort you and or, uh, escort them it was oh very bad and i'm i also i was kind of like i'm very skeptical with some of these you know um couples like you know i'm really spoiler averse during the season but like after the season Same. i'll go and look at like what all the couples are and some there's some stuff where i'm like i feel like this is like um like done staged and done on purpose and this moment kind of felt that way just the way that eve was like huh what are you saying oh i didn't know this was another rule like she was like i was like her at, it feels like she's very, acting really bad here and then muhammad's soft-spoken weirdness was not helping I was just like get these people off my TV like I just don't <laughs> I truly do not I'm I'm over this kind of trope with 90 day where it's like the older woman and like the the young Muslim man like I'm so over this exactly. yeah, you have to be yeah I was about to say you have to be over this at this oh, point I'm right? exhausted it is it is awful um because again and and sometimes I feel like I end up in a position where I'm repeating myself on every pod but mm -hmm. these are conversations especially with, with something as serious as as someone's religious beliefs and and yes. the way they fought, practice religion and follow religion these are conversations y'all need to have beforehand beforehand yes yeah, not on the Sorry. show and certainly not in front of Max the plumber who's just there <laughs> installing this bidet and he's like cleaning your toilet and hearing way too much of your personal business um <laughs> this is a lot because i feel like again and I've said this before, when it comes to people practicing their religion and their religious beliefs, I'm all for it. But mm -hmm. if you and your partner do not see eye to eye on it, I don't think you can force them to change who they are um, because it's never going to pan out the way you want to. It's never going to work out the way you want to. And Muhammad's mm -hmm. being clear in what he believes and what he wants. But I think it's a combination of the way he delivers it. It's this very like, again, he's very soft spoken. And I think it makes it worse because mm -hmm. it, it's like very deadpan, very like, to, yeah, uh, you cannot be here alone. You have mm -hmm. to be, you have to get me and I have to be here with you. And, and to me, it's like, okay, I, I, I can't tell. And, and it's hard to sense sarcasm with Muhammad because uh, <laughs> he makes a joke of, 
well, maybe I should make a list of, of stuff that makes you comfortable. He's like, that's a very good idea. You should do that. And she's like, <laughs> that was a joke. I'm not doing that. That is ridiculous. Um, it is exhausting uh, because ultimately this is only going to go from bad to worse given the preview next week with the whole, are you going to, the, the famous preview line of, are you going to choose a bikini over me? It's going to get worse. Um, I, she does point out like, but I'm not a Muslim woman. He's like, yeah, I'm not telling you to be Muslim, but I'm a Muslim man. So that makes things a little bit complex here because he's mm-hmm. not asking her to convert, but he's definitely asking her to change her way of living to match what he sees in a partner. And this is just the part that he shared with her, right? The whole, um, you cannot be in the same area as a strange, as a stranger, male, a male stranger. I mm-hmm. should be there to supervise because, and then he tells us confessional because you don't know if the strange man is good or bad. But then we learned in confessional over the last couple of weeks, he expects her to cook for him, to do all the, what he said are female duties. And mm-hmm. she is the primary breadwinner. So he can't even, you know, switch the position and he goes to work. That can't happen. So mm-hmm. it's just difficult for me to talk about Mari because I, I I just do not see this couple working out. They should not work out. They should stop mm-hmm. while they're ahead. And I don't know where it's going to go because like you, I remain spoiler reverse. So I don't look and see if they're still together or whatever the story is. So I'm just bracing myself and hoping that they both mutually end this and, and they go about their lives separately because they do not want the same things in life. I don't think. I completely agree. And I think that's literally the, all that needs to be said. Like they are not right or good for each other and I don't I don't like it. I I do not like watching their segments. Same these. I'm I'm it's it's I'm always watching it with like one eye open and then I'm like (laughs) oh should I two speed this? Okay. All right. Well then let's go over to the last couple here. That is Jibri and Miona. Now they have two did you want to talk about their next time on? Because even more makes me not want to root for them. Oh yeah so I, I brought it up a little bit but they're going out for I'm assuming drinks with uh, Eve's friends and Eve's friends are very much you know it's again you go to a bar with with your partner's friends it's interrogation time and mm-hmm. they're like pointing at um the friends just is it, does this make you uncomfortable is this what you don't like seeing and then in the car on the way home we hear the you know Eve says you know it's hypocritical the first time you saw it was a picture in a bikini so like why are you changing up now and Muhammad says are you gonna choose a bikini over me which again is, is like it's the way he speaks but it it does give me like the deadpan is is wild it's just a very interesting way um this conversation is being had because he sounds so calm all the time but i can't tell sometimes the, the subject matter makes me feel like oh he's mad but he sounds the same when he's mad and when he's happy and when he's like regular state so I don't know how mad he is, but Eve is heating up in this car. Yeah, yeah. So again, it's not going to be good. Like, I, have mm-hmm. we seen a good other than them talking about how they're them weirdly describing their sex lives? I, I'm, I'm other I'm, than the no cardio, it's been a nosedive since. Yeah. Oh, I, I will say though, him and Theron have a good relationship. That has been good too. Um, the the moments we've seen with him and Theron together has been nice, but. The relationship, no, we've not. We've peaked at that morning after the first night. It feels like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, so then let's go over to Jibri and Miona now, and they had two scenes, predominantly one topic in conversation here. So it's the 
it's been 72 days to, to wedding. So now I think they're the furthest along in the timeline potentially here. Cause it's been, it's been a while. It's been a couple of weeks. Uh, Miona talks about feeling alone at home. Cause like Jibri's out, I, I'm assuming, you know, working or doing some. So Mahala, Jibri's mom comes into her room and starts asking her, you know, how's everything been? How have you been feeling being in rapid, like in our house, not just the U S and Miona speaks honestly, like it's been a struggle for me. And Mahala, you know, tells us that she, she, they're trying very hard to make her feel comfortable here. And then she offers up, Hey, so, uh, maybe I can show you how the laundry works. You know, I'm assuming you have laundry to do. So they go to the laundry room to do laundry and Miona tells us, well, it look, it looks like a simplified washing machine compared to what I have at home. So I don't know. I don't think I need her help, but obviously this was a place where we get to learn a little bit more about Mahala's thoughts on, on Miona. Now, previously we had learned that. Mahala kind of felt uncomfortable with the way Miona presented herself dressed, et cetera. Mm-hmm. And then she sees one of her clothing items and says, Oh, is this, is this like for your head? Like, no, this is a top. And at that point, Mahala short circuited and it was over. <laughs> it was gone. Yeah, exactly. Like this, <laughs> this scene with Miona and Mahala, I was like, Oh no. Like, so I think I don't know. I feel like Puya, you're the you're the conductor of the Hot Mess Express. I th- I feel like Mahala is one of the moms who does seem willing to be open to the experience. She doesn't seem to bring too much negativity um, to the the space. It it, it it as her being a therapist and all that. I I feel she's being open. But the minute, like, she comes into the rooms to check on Miona, she says, oh, I want to check on Miona. I know this could be difficult for her. And then we get the confessional of Miona being like, oh, I don't believe Mahala. I think she's being fake. I don't think she really cares how I feel. And mm. then we get the, the this laundry room um, discussion right here. And I was just blown away because, again, like I, I pointed out with uh, Thais, like, I, I, when we go and visit my, my husband's family, my husband has an older brother. Like I dress way differently when I am in their house than I do in my house, just because that seems like common courtesy. And to me, it's not like stifling my creativity. It's just while I'm in their house, I want to be a little bit more respectable. And I think Mahala was trying to come, like, just say that, like, you know, when you're in this house, you know, you just be, you know, be careful how you dress, dress a little bit moderately. And then Miona was like, I, that's my self-expression, you know, I should be able to dress however I want to without people judging me and stuff like that. And cool. I get it. I think these are both, you know, that is a very like really great feminist point of view. Um, and it is, it is true. Like no matter how you dress, you should not be judged for it and you should not feel like you should have consequences because how you're dressed, but also, uh, However, you are in somebody's house. You are a guest in somebody else's house. Um, if they are politely like Mahala, I feel like Mahala is politely asking her, you know, she said, you don't, you don't have to, you know, whatever clothes that you do have that are way, that are more modest, I, you know, could you please wear them around, wear those around the house? She brings her husband into it. And that's a little, that's always a little touchy because it's like, you know, you should be telling your husband not to stare at her <laughs> as opposed to like, you know, I don't think he was staring, but you know what I'm saying? Just tell him to like not stare at her as opposed to like trying to monitor her dress. But however, I could not take, it was really hard for me to be on me on his side where during this conversation, I can see Miona's nipples. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, 
I can't, I cannot like, I, like, why are you walking around these people's houses with your nipples out? Like, I don't know. I just like, I, I, it just, I don't know. I don't want this to come off. Like I'm like shaming her or anything like that. I just think there, you, you can be respectable respectful in somebody else's house and just cover up a little bit. I don't, I don't feel like that is like, um, uh, like, uh, uh, an overreaching request. See, I don't, so it's, yeah. So I don't think it's a, it's an over like that specifically is an overreaching request, but up until this point, I have been like, I don't think the questions that are being rattled by, Brian or Mahala have been like too much. Um, I feel like Jibri's been the one who's like gets very worked up and like shuts it down. Mm-hmm. But in this um entire exchange this episode, I did find myself siding with Miona. And the reason was the specific way that Mahala worked this. And while I do think Mahala is actively, you know, trying to wants the best for everybody, et cetera, mm-hmm. I feel like the way she approaches it is very manipulation-y. And okay. to me, the way she uses Brian as the reason, that's where I was fully out on it. Because mm-hmm. you're essentially saying to this young woman, hey, you should dress in a way that my husband doesn't get affected by. And Mm-hmm. We don't hear Brian say I'm uncomfortable or anything. This is right. something Mahala is upset by. So don't say Brian, say you want this because then if you are open about what you specifically want and that it bothers you and not for Brian, not for any external reason, then maybe that is a topic that because like I'm so for me, when I moved out of my parents' house, um, I would go out. I would, I would stay out late. I would do A, B, C, D, whatever, whatever, whatever. When I went back to visit them, I'm under their house. I, I work by their rules. They want, right. wanted me home. And granted, I've not really been back home with my parents since I was 23. So it's been like seven years, but I, they wanted me home before midnight. I'm like, bet that's fine. I can do that. So I, I'm a hear you. If I'm staying at someone's house, whether it's my parents, uh, other people, family, friends, I will do things that will make them comfortable because it's their home. But I feel like the way the conversation went definitely like it, it felt like the whole time Mahala was trying to skirt around it without actively talking about it. You saying stuff mm-hmm. like you seem intelligent and wearing stuff like this could take away from that. Yeah, that wasn't good. Yeah, yeah was that like, wasn't good. No, that is a ridiculous that you might see it that way. So mm-hmm. if, it's, if it's something you really want, I'm a big proponent of say it because mm-hmm. if Mahala says, listen, I'll be honest with you, Miona, I would like for you to dress more modestly in my house. I kind of feel a little bit uncomfortable by it. I hope you understand where I'm coming from. That would have landed a lot better than, yeah, because when we saw the little, we saw like a little B-roll of the exchange in the car where Miona tells Jibri what had happened. And Miona's telling Jibri, yeah, she was like talking about um, the, she brought up like the the laundry and was saying like, yeah, you can't walk in front of Brian like that. And obviously, Jibri hears that and says, okay, mom's going in too deep with this. That's, that's too much. And mm-hmm. again, I feel like that combined with also saying like, yeah, the way you dress, like, I'm, I'm a little nervous how you would adjust here because not a lot of people dress like this. Yeah, that was, that was weird too. Definitely. Yeah. So yeah. all, again, all of that, it was like, again, I can tell she's trying to manipulate Miona into feeling self-conscious and then stopping doing what she's doing, which is, you know, dress more freely, however she wants. And that's why I was like fully against this because you doing all Mm -hmm. this 
makes me feel like I'm team Miona. And me, I love Miona's response to that of like the whole like living in this city like this with like, yeah, that's probably why another reason we should we leave. Should, we should leave. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like it's, I mean, that's a common thing. Like amongst like, uh, and like in the older community, it's like, you know, when you're in somebody else's house, you do not want to be dressing like in a way that would garner attention from like, especially men, you know, that's that old school style of thinking and it, and it is bad. Mm-hmm. Um, however, I'm just not, I can tell you for a fact, I'm not a Miona fan at all. It, it will take a lot for me to be on her side in, in a lot of things. Maybe that's what's clouding my judgment here. But again, like the camera had to be tight on her because we, they had to cut out the part where her whole, her whole nipples were visible in the shirt she was currently wearing when she was talking to Mahala, you know, like, I like if she had on a regular shirt and Mahala was giving her this this kind of lecture, I would kind I would definitely be like Mahala girl, calm down. Like it's maybe it might be a tight shirt, it's regular, um, but like just calm down. But again, I'm just like I I would I would not want somebody coming into my house and walking around half naked in my house. That's just what I that's just how I I see it too. And I I am not a big fan of Miona because. Um, you guys kind of brought it up a little bit in the first episode, but she has been like online. She's a certified black fisher. And for people who don't understand what a black fish is or somebody who's black fishing, Miona will darken her skin for her like modeling jobs and make her like make herself appear to be more ethnic than she actually is in order to like get work. She, she definitely is, um, from that era. She's 23 of like, looking up to the Kardashians and over tanning to look like a a whole nother race. And the simple fact that like, it's not brought up a lot. is just kind of annoying because you can, you, when she was sitting there and she's going through this whole um, scene with Mahala, she clearly, this is her natural skin tone. They then flash the pictures of her modeling from Instagram. She is a completely different skin tone and it's very offensive to me, especially as like a black woman, because, you know, we can't just wash our skin off. You know what I'm saying? Um, things that Miona is being lauded for that are not unique or inherent to her are things that me and others like me have been teased for. And that's why black fishing is hurtful. That's mm-hmm. why there are a lot of black models out there who could do, who don't get as many jobs as Miona, you know, um, and because she, she darkens herself and she needs to look exotic. So I am, I'm not a, a Miona fan. So this could be why I'm, I'm seeing it in this, in this way. But I, I felt, I can definitely see what you're saying about Mahala's very, very manipulative um, comments. I I, mm-hmm. I truly do, but maybe I was just like operating from a sense of like Mahala does not. She's not. She's nowhere near the worst type of mom we've seen on this show. You know what I'm saying? And I was truly like kind of back on her side when she had the the conversation with Jibri because I thought Jibri, like you said, took it from uh, sixty like zero to a hundred. And I think he's doing a very bad job. I, th- I think this all should fall on Jibri because I think he's doing a very bad job of making Miona comfortable and making his parents comfortable. It Sorry was about a, that rant. No, <laughs> no, no, no. Of course, Mari. Thank you for bringing the conversation in. Um, I that last conversation, the one with uh, Jibri and Mahala, when he Mahala comes home from walking the dogs and he's sitting outside waiting for her. It 
there was definitely that moment where she flipped up the, she turned on her therapist side that I immediately mm-hmm. caught because I yeah. have been to therapy. So when the questions came, I'm like, oh, you are therapizing your son right now. And he <laughs> caught it. He was like, mom, yeah. don't do this therapy kung fu on me right now. Like, I can't do this right now. Um, because it is very clear that Jibri is in a very tough spot because, you know, we talked about this with Patrick and Thais and John, where Patrick is between a rock and a hard place. It's similar for Jibri because Jibri's trying to do everything he can to convince Miona to stay here. He wants to save money. He wants them to stay here for the long haul. And she's been uninterested from day one. And stuff like this is only going to push her to not want to be here more. And mm-hmm. he tells his mom this and he says, and she wants to get married. I don't know where. And and that is tough on me. The, the Mahala does bring up a moment where she's like, oh, this is all out of context, which I was like, it is not. I, if we saw the clip. She clearly says what happened. But the, the difficult part for me here is that Mahala is not making this any easier for her son. And um, ultimately, I feel like she is in this position where she can try and nurture the relationship and be a shoulder for, for Jibri, but she wants things. It's her home. She wants things done a certain way. She has expectations. You know, we saw this with Brandon and Julia where his parents wanted these certain set of rules followed regardless of how the counterpart uh, to their son, Brandon was familiar with. They want her to work on the farm. They wanted her to cook. They wanted her to do ABCD chores and right. they wanted them in separate rooms. Like that was all the house rules. And Mahala wants this, but again, Mahala's not too, too direct with it. She's a little bit, she tips the scale of manipulation a little bit here. Um, and, and Jibri does see through this, but I think ultimately with them, um, I don't think Mahala wants Miona for her son. And I think this is why this is what I'm seeing. And what I feel like she's doing is trying to subtly push it that way and, mm. and putting it in a very difficult spot. Uh, I, I don't know. I think I disagree. I think I disagree with that. I think, um, Jibri is doing a horrible job of, of, of mending the fences. I think he starts, yeah, uh, Mahalo starts asking those therapy questions, but he starts, he basically starts bitching about Miona to his mom. You know, if you're, if you're bitching about Miona to your mom, then you're bitching about your mom to Miona. How do you expect them to ever like come to a, a unique understanding? I don't think he, he goes in there on 10 yelling at Mahala. And I get that she, she could be like, wait, I'm confused. I, it's out of context in a sense that like, he, you can't tell me when she sat down, he was, he wasn't on 10. He was like, mom, you gotta stop doing this. I just, I just talked with Miona and she's like, wait, I'm so confused because Miona did not seem like she was like that upset. And again, I truly think it's him. It's just like what he's doing with David almost. It's like, he is just the worst person to be the in between for Miona and his family because I don't think he's really good <laughs> at doing the, the bridge building. I think he's like, He's encouraging each person to be mad at the other person in a roundabout weird way. And also I tried, I I do try, I did try to stay kind of spoiler averse, but this is the one couple that I was uh, spoiled on, at least for the beginning of the process in a sense that it's because Jibri and Miona I, I guess you can call this a spoiler alert, but this was like, I'm not talking about where are they now type of stuff. I'm talking about mm-hmm. going into the process. They're already married. They're already married. Like I did see an article Serbia. where they referred to him as her husband. Yeah. But mm-hmm. I don't, I don't think 
and I, and I didn't like dig too deep into the Reddit thread that was talking about this in the for in the early of the season, but I don't think they found evidence of their marriage anywhere else except for the article. So mm, okay, yeah, because that's what I because I, I from what I understand they're married and he actually went and lived with her in Serbia in 2020. That's why he left during the pandemic. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He left during the pandemic. That's why it broke up the band. He was he was staying there. He has that 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 citizenship in Serbia because he was from all intents and purposes. He he talked to an article saying like he left the United States. He just he denounced his citizenship in the United States um, because of the uh, like he it was in reference to like the George Floyd stuff and like he had planned to just stay in Serbia. But then like this call came and he they're they're both using this show to amplify their profiles. Um, him for music and her for her like modeling. So I don't know. I'm just I'm just zero out of ten recommend this couple. I don't like them. <laughs> and that is not, fair. I am not impartial here. Like this. Yeah. No, I'm not. I'm, I'm not a fan of them either. Low key. Um, I don't really enjoy when they're on the screen. This is what I mean, though. It's been. I always tout that I'm excited to see new couples, and because like for so long we had the during the pandemic, the lockdown, we had the same couples like recycled, recycled, recycled. But this couple very quickly is, um, not this couple. Sorry, this cast really quickly. I'm like. Who am I rooting for here? Am I really at this point rooting for Patrick and Thais? Because that's where you've pushed me. And I didn't think that was going to be the case early season. Yeah, exactly. I, I mean, I, I don't know. I always thought that they were fame seeking. Like, I, I, you, I, you can tell those couples that are fame seeking. I mean, know? he's here for his music and his band Hondo. Hundred um, percent similar yeah. to uh, Soldier Boy. Soldier Boy comes in exactly with these, with mm-hmm. these relationships that you tell you can tell are not going to work out. But he's always shooting a music video or in the middle of like premiering a song. So I think right. definitely there are people that come in and they're like, I'm going to use this to get other fame. And, yeah. and I think this this couple sp- particularly, I could see very much doing that, both combined with his desire to. Uh, you know, get this band elevated and her desire to start a makeup company and, and work mm-hmm. in like that realm. Like you need some notoriety would help that. So I definitely do see that being the case. Now, yeah. Mari, let's dive into the compatibility of it all. And and finally, mm-hmm. to put an end to this pod, talk about right. the power right. rankings of mm-hmm. episode six. So um, do you want to uh, be reminded of the last week's rankings before we dive into this? Sure. Well, okay. How about it? So last week, our six that we ranked uh, in order of bottom to top, we had even Muhammad in last place, Patrick and Thais in fifth, Karen Guillermo in fourth, Bilal and Shaida in third, Emily and Kobe in second, and Ari and Biniam had the number one spot. Now, I hmm. think for me, I think the sixth place stays the same. 100%. Yes. <laughs> the most incompatible of the couples is even Muhammad. So we'll put them back where they belong and that is mm-hmm. in a bottom place here. Okay. And is it just like incompatibility or is it like I mean every, all the forces working against them? Yeah, similar uh, well with them I think it's the, it's a combination both, yeah. of both because <laughs> aside from the fact like they clearly have a physical attraction to one another and they've like mm-hmm. bonded there's chemistry there but the um belief systems are different the the way they carry themselves is very different and I think it's going to be a shock to the system because they've not really talked about it before. Based on the next time on, it sounds like Eve feels like Muhammad has changed his tune and that's not who she, you know, started talking to. So, Mm -hmm. 
And Muhammad has not shared any of this before. So it feels like a shock to the system for, I think, both of them. So that's why I just do not see them working out. I think also you throw in poor Theron, who has to go through this stuff Mm -hmm. with them. I, again, I've never, you know, I don't often hope for couples to come to an end. I think it's best for both of them if this relationship does come to an end. I, I completely agree. All right, so that's last place. Um, should we go up to fir- look at first place for a second? Because I think there are two candidates for this spot. Um, mm-hmm. I think Ari and Binium still mm-hmm. could maintain their first place spot. But part of me also feels like what we've seen with Patrick and Thais, outside of John and Thais maybe not working out, I think those two are a strong couple. And no. I I feel good about them. Now, mm-hmm. Specifically in episode six, I feel good about them. I think one of the things that we haven't, we didn't see play out in this episode, but we saw set up last episode is that Thais has not told Patrick that her dad doesn't approve of him and has not told Patrick that dad's not going to know we're married and dad doesn't really know I'm moving here permanently. So that could be a a big problem. (laughs) I totally forgot about that. Yeah. Yeah. It's definitely between them two. And, uh, ooh, it's hard. It's hard because I think Ari and Binyam had a great episode minus Ari being Ari at the end. Um, yeah. But have, that's always going to, that's always been there and they've always gone yeah, through that. Exactly. Right? Exactly. Mm-hmm. Exactly. And then Patrick and Thais is just kind of like, that was a very rocky start for them. But I agree with you. I think they are very, very compatible. So, I don't know. I'm going to give it to Ari. I would want to give first place to Ari and Binyam. I'm I, honestly, I, I did enjoy it. I am fine with that because I mm-hmm. do think that if we, you know, Patrick and Thais climb up the board from fifth to second. Yeah. And I think we need to see a little bit more before we give them the, the gold on the podium here. So I'm, I'm good with that. Yes. I, I like that. All right. Which then it leaves us with, um, we have Jibri and Miona. We have mm-hmm. uh, Karen Guillermo and we have Bilal and Shaida. So this is the difficult part because I think yeah. we can point out negative aspects of all three relationships as far as compatibility and everything Definitely. else goes. However, if we're going to start splitting hairs here and try and figure it out deeper, I think that Bilal and Shaida have some problems here for sure, mm-hmm. but then Karen Guillermo have problems for sure, whereas Jibri and Miona have a problem not only in their expectations of where they're going to be living permanently and all of that, but mm-hmm. also the family clashes happening, which right. the other two don't really have family clashes like that. Mm-hmm. And um, I, I think that Miona sooner or later is going to just be like, I'm fed up. I cannot live in rapid. This is not happening for me. And right. Jibri clearly is not going to fight, but he's going to fight back on it because next week he's, mm-hmm. they're going to go see his grandma and she, insinuates I don't want to live here and he says well that's actually pretty rude because we're going to be here for a little bit so I would want to put them in fifth place I agree I agree because Karen Guillermo and Bilal and Shahida at least bare minimum they have a place to live (laughs) together Yes, that they're, that they're happy to live at. Yes, like bare minimum, they're okay with where they have shelter over their head. Mm-hmm. So I definitely would put Jabri and Miona in um, fifth place here. Okay, so wait, then... Six, yeah, fifth place, yeah. Yeah, fifth place. So then Bilal and Shaida, Karen Guillermo, I think ultimately what could break the tie for me, let me know what you think here, is mm-hmm. Bilal and Shaida have a bigger problem coming that they haven't even addressed, which is she said, mm-hmm. I will not get married to a man who doesn't want to have kids. 
And mm-hmm. Bilal doesn't sound like he wants to A, have that conversation, B, have kids. <laughs> and Karen Guillermo, this drinking problem, the, the checking on the phones problem is huge. But yeah, I think yeah. they're going to go lower in the ranking next week off of that next time on alone. So yeah. I think maybe Bilal and Shaida take fourth and, and uh, Karen Guillermo take third, maybe? Yeah, no, I mean, I mean, I, I'm completely with that. I think Karen Guillermo's problems are a little bit more easily fixable with like a lot of talking and communication and compromise. Whereas Bilal and Shahida, they all need, everybody needs all those three things. However, mm-hmm. a, a kid that is a completely different level of deal breaker. Yes. And we still don't know where they're at. And plus with this, this whole episode was all bad for them. Like this, this was an all bad episode. Except for yeah. like maybe two minutes at the beginning, <laughs> at the end, maybe. Like, yeah, it was all bad. Very much all bad. Okay, so then that is the end of the rankings here. So to recap, in last place, we have Even Muhammad. Fifth place, Jibreen Miona. Fourth place, Bilal and Shaida. Third place, Karen Guillermo. Uh, these two couples swapped positions last week. Karen Guillermo were fourth. Bilal Shaida were third. Interesting. Mm-hmm. Patrick mm-hmm. and Thais jumped from fifth to second. Aryan Biniam maintain their spot on top of the throne with first place. Now, one last thing I want us to talk about, Mari, before we head out here, and that is Emily and Kobe were absent in this episode. We did not see them. They had the uh, the bi-week TM. We did see a next time on from them where he wants to drive the car. She doesn't mm-hmm. want him to drive. She wants to drive. And then we see them the next scene. She's driving and he's in the passenger seat. So she mm-hmm. wins once again. But Something came up last week that mm-hmm. um, we talked about, but like, Kirsten and I don't really have a lot of knowledge on this. I both got a message from a listener, and I know that you will have far more knowledge here, and that is the whole topic of co- is it co-sleeping is the term? Yeah, co-sleeping. Mm-hmm. Can you tell us more about this? Yeah, so um, with co-sleeping, like I'm, I'm always pro do what's best for your family because, um, you know, this is not medical advice, but uh, some people prefer to co-sleep with their child, which means you are you have a, a infant, a baby or a toddler, and you sleep with them in your bed. Um, the 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 mechanism that Emily uses is she um, it's like a feed. It's a feed and sleep. So she'll she'll um, breastfeed Coben uh, until he falls asleep. So he could essentially fall asleep with the, the breast in his mouth. Um, and he, he's also 17 months. So that's a pretty good journey for like keeping, um, keeping up with that journey. It's really hard. Breastfeeding is really, really hard, um, to keep up with because, you know, you go through milk shortages and all of that stuff and, and having to the pressure to produce breast milk. So I like to first and foremost, like commend her for that for like going so long, but, I think she was, I agreed with you guys last week. Like you can, you, it's fine to co-sleep with your child if that works with you. But how did you not make preparations before your future husband got there so that he could be comfortable as well? I thought that that um, part was really like just cold and not cool for her because I get you have a, a night routine. You guys laid it out perfectly. You you have a night routine and that's fine. Why couldn't they have gone through their night routine? She got Coben to sleep. She just tried to angle it so that he's closer to her. And then why not once Coben was asleep, why couldn't Kobe come in, in the bed and, and then sleep once he was asleep? Like why why didn't she make any concessions for Kobe to try to spend the night with his son when she knew that was the one thing he wanted to do? Like I really was like 
you are, she's really trying to control. It feels like she's trying to control his access to his baby in a sense that I, I really have found very uncomfortable. And then like with everything they're talking about, like her controlling all, a lot of things. And then we see on the next time on her wanting to drive, like, I just wanted to come on and say like co-sleeping is, is something that mothers like do, and they are very particular about it. And you, and some, some, some people don't believe in co-sleeping. Like it's been very back and forth of like, even if doctors think you should co-sleep, some people find co-sleeping very dangerous. You know what I'm saying? Like, so it's, it is a very like, um, polarizing topic. Um, but I, I just wanted to say what she did in that situation. I think she could have found multiple other ways so that all of them could have been happy. Like she didn't need to do that. Um, she didn't, she, you know, you guys suggested maybe they, she started trying to get, um, Coben to sleep in his own bed or in his own crib. You know, that's fine. It's easier said than done as somebody who, who co-sleeps and is like still in the process of trying to get a toddler to sleep in their own bed. It is really hard. I don't necessarily think that was, that could have worked. I think she, the number one thing is she could have got a bigger bed. That is the easiest thing that you could have done to quickly accommodate. We have a king bed specifically because of this reason. Like Mm -hmm. we love our king because of this. So I think she was being really like flippant about Kobe's feelings. And I really truly don't like that from, from her. It's, she's been really weird. And I, I love Asia's shout out that Asia's like, Kobe wants to be here for COVID. I think that the jury is still out for him with Emily and maybe she can sense that. So maybe she's trying to be like, Hey, I come, it's, you know, it's a, it's a package deal. If you don't treat me right, you don't get to be with COVID, you know? So very interesting to see where their story goes. And I guess my other question is Puya, can he legally drive? Like legally? <laughs> uh, that is fascinating because I mean, I don't know. We would have to check because depending on the country you're in, certain driver's licenses do translate over and you can use the fine. So for example, when Liana would drive up to Canada, an, a U.S. driver's license works and you can use it. No problem. In when I lived in Dubai, um, mm-hmm. I learned that my parents, when they moved, when they immigrated to Dubai, they couldn't drive with their Iranian licenses. So they had to retake the test and everything. So mm-hmm. I think it depends country to country. So mm-hmm. I don't know which driver's license uh, Kobe has, whether it's the Cameroon license or maybe he's still like he might have a, a Chinese driver's license. Mm-hmm. I don't know if it'll translate or not, because if it doesn't translate, that's a different topic. You right. Drive, period. Because that <laughs> yeah. is dangerous. But um, if you get pulled over, so that is not good. But it's interesting with them because I agree with what Asia said. I agree with what you said. Uh, I agree with, I think all our guests have been on the same page so far in that Kobe wants to get better acquainted with Coben, wants to be there for the raising of his son. And Emily is kind of gatekeeping it a little bit in, in moments. And I mm-hmm. think ne- uh, not even necessarily limited to the raising, uh, the, the way they treat Coben, but also given the no I drive and the, in the dinner and the lunch they had with the family, the conversation of, yeah, it's, it's usually Emily's way. Emily's the head of the household. Like we listen to what Emily says, which mm-hmm. means that Emily gets her way. And I think in the next time on, we see Kobe mentioned that this is a different Emily than the Emily I met in China. Like she is yeah. a lot more controlling. It's going to make things a little bit rough here because if you can't um, both, drive together if like you can't both take the wheel then it's going to be a problem and mm-hmm. i think emily is having a tough time letting 
Kobe takes some of the driving metaphor, the wheel here with her. <laughs> Take this journey together. Hold hands together and walk through together. She has to walk a little bit ahead of him, which I don't think is going to be a good recipe. The you know a, a relationship is only as strong as the team that you are building together. And if you are unwilling to make it be a team and there has to be a definitive leader in a team of two, that could spell disaster if it is a team where two people cannot agree on that. Yeah. Oh, fair point. Yeah. Yep. Well, we'll see next week. It's going to be nope. a lot. <laughs> <laughs> but Mari, I had such a good time here with you. I think this is the longest pod we've done this season so far. I apologize. <laughs> Don't you even <laughs> it dare. It happens every time. <laughs> I love it. I had a good time. and I didn't even notice how long it had been until I looked at the time just now. Every time. <laughs> <laughs> well, Mari, where can people find you if they're trying to get a little bit more Mari and other avenues here? Well, of course, like like we've proven, uh, you can find me on Twitter at Mari Talks Too Much. That's two, like the number two. <laughs> <laughs> um, that is the reason these go so long. Um, but you can also find me on the Wrestling Rehab Up podcast every, um, every weekend. Me and uh, Matt go over the highlights of the week in wrestling. So you can can go subscribe to the wrestling wrap up at rob has a website.com slash wrestling feed you don't even have to watch wrestling you can just listen to us man maybe i won't watch wrestling and then, <laughs> we'll and then see. i'll still just break it down <laughs> from twitter highlights um but but you can go in and also follow uh matt uh at, at matt scott gw um, every Tuesday me and Sarah Carradine are bringing you true crime Tuesdays to RHAP um, we had a we have an amazing episode coming out this week for uh featuring the amazing Jason Reed like it's just this episode is so good I've been bigging it up on every podcast I've been on this weekend because Jason always brings the funny sarcasm and we we mm-hmm. watched uh our father the Netflix um uh documentary um, about a fertility doctor who was um, inseminating women with his own, yeah. And so <laughs> uh, we review it. So either you don't have to, or you know, we watch it so you don't have to, or you can just go and watch it and then listen to our review. So um, you can subscribe by going to robhasawebsite dot com slash crime feed um, and uh, go check us out. And of course, we just wrapped up. Atlanta coverage on post-show recaps. Me and Chappelle and Latine starts. We brought you season three of Atlanta. So if you need to catch up on Atlanta, catch up on Atlanta, then go listen to us on post-show recaps. Or if you've been catching up, we just dropped the the, uh, season finale and it was a doozy. So um, go check us out on the post-show recaps um, wherever you get your post-show recaps. And that's it. (laughs) That's it. It Yeah, I'm definitely excited to listen to the doozy um, coverage of that episode because uh, it was a lot. Y'all can find me on Twitter at Puyaism. You can find me on Twitch, twitch.tv slash Puyaism. I do stream there three, four times a week. Come through, say hi. It's always appreciated. Um, Liana and I did put an end to the Mass Singer Season 7 with our finale coverage last week. You can check that out. That is available for you right now. Find out who won the draft. Um, spoiler alert. Maybe it was me. Um, and then uh, on top of all that, I was blessed with the opportunity to co-host the RHAP B&B this week with Mike Bloom over on the feedback show. I came through and filled his very big shoes and mm. got to talk with Liana and our guests, Phil and Jenny, for a special double date edition of the b and nice. I'll tell you this up front. It was a mess. It was mm. a lot of laughs. There are moments where I was like, I don't know what we're talking about. 
but it was fun. And that's all that matters at the end of the day. When the podcast is fun, it's a good time. So definitely check that out over on the Rehab Ups Network as well. And last but certainly not least, if you could please leave a rating and review for this podcast, I would very much appreciate it. It allows us to get found. It gives me feedback on what your thoughts may be on the show. And you can do so over on robinsonwebsite.com slash 90 day fiance. That's the number nine, number zero day fiance. We have now arrived at the destination. It's time to get off the hot mess express, but we'll be back at the platform next week to talk all about episode seven. But until then, take care. Have a good one. Bye. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. It's time for today's Lucky Land Horoscope with Victoria Cash. Life's gotten mundane, so shake up the daily routine and be adventurous with a trip to Lucky Land. You know what they say. Your chance to win starts with a spin. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com to play over 100 social casino-style games for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Get lucky today at LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. It's time for today's Lucky Land Horoscope with Victoria Cash. Life's gotten mundane, so shake up the daily routine and be adventurous with a trip to Lucky Land. You know what they say, your chance to win starts with a spin. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com to play over 100 social casino-style games for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Get lucky today at LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply.